Talk brunch. Served hot. Talk brunch live. Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch here with his co-host Mr. Destin Soulglow Frazier. Happy trip to the dentist day. Oh, y'all forgot about that one. Yeah, for anyone who was eating all that crap, right? Abigail. Yeah, we were in the Halloween season, as you guys all know. There were a lot of things that have happened over that event. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you didn't make yourself too sick. I don't really think people did it too hard this uh, year, considering everything that's happened, you know? There were a lot of places, especially out here in New York, it was a little bit more deserted than you would expect it to be. uh, That's all the circumstances. Thank you to everyone who's listening live over at the dot com as well as the two chat rooms. Three now are on YouTube for whatever reluctant reason, but YouTube, uh, Twitch, Facebook. Of course, all of you listening across the podcast platforms of iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Tune in, Podcast Addict, and all of the various other places, all of the pod platforms that you listen through. I hope you enjoyed this past weekend, Hollow Weekend, a thon that Destin and I did also. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a blast. I got to play some games. I genuinely got scared by games, so if you're interested in hearing some jump scare stuff, <laughs> now, there was a. I enjoyed my experience. So you enjoyed the teacher too, okay? Oh uh, yeah, that one was that was more, more tense than I wanted. It's funny because before I uh, I started it, I remember saying, oh, "I don't think I'm gonna put on my headset for this one because it's a two D game. How how intense can it be?" And I put the headset on anyway, and I regretted it halfway through. I was like, "Maybe I shouldn't even put the headset on for this. Screw that shit. <laughs> Scary game." <laughs> but if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, go over to talkbrunch.com. We have about three things we did for this year's Halloweenathon, uh, as far as just gaming streams. Scary stuff going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, we did what? Killing Floor 2, first time running that. Uh, you, Ray, you got through about two nights and got to the third and the first five nights because for those who don't know, all but uh, FNAF 6 are all in, on the Xbox store now. Yeah. So. And then we did uh, that game. I think their last one was called The Coma. That's what it was. And if you have Game Pass, you can play the first four for free. Yep. I think Sister Locations like eight bucks. And then, uh, Help wanted the uh, VR version, which we just got a regular version is like thirty. So, yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry about that. Queuing shit up in the background while we're talking. You know how the machine acts up. Yeah, but I think this was a uh, one of the most. This was honestly, at least for me, since I've been a part of these uh, Halloween thons. I think this was probably my favorite one. Really, that's interesting. Something because it seemed like there was more. When it came to the games we played, it felt like they were a lot more tense than we usually have. Yeah. Because, you know, we usually always run Friday the 13th, and that's usually the most tense one in the group. But that's only just because nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. Whereas, like, Killing Floor 2 was aggressive as all hell. I was glad to see that you enjoyed Five Nights at Freddy's because I did for a little bit. I didn't think you would at first, but that game was uh, quite fun. And then the coma was not only tense, but it was funny at sometimes too so yeah well that one i i just thought it was going to be a lot more humorous because of the character yeah <laughs> nah, nah, nah. So, 
you know. The only thing funny was the jump scares. Yeah, that was really something else. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to go back to some of those again. Yeah, so uh, what was your favorite out of the three? Ooh, I'd say for me, honestly, it was Killing Floor. Because, I mean, you know, I'm already widely familiar with Five Nights, so that was more just seeing how you reacted to it. The coma was really cool. I did really like um, the panic that it ensues. Mm-hmm. But just how intense from the start of a match to the end killing floor is like it's absolute chaos uh the weapon system is probably one of my favorites i like i i am in love with that nail bomb now but it's uh it's a really great game and um we did what we usually don't do sometimes and that's open up um that lobby the second we got a full squad we were off to the races and it was fantastic yeah well you know for me i think that the uh the freddy's one was a little too intense just in, because of uh it felt like there were times I was just in no control whatsoever in regards to what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. The thing with uh, Five Nights is that game makes you keep track of a lot at once. So it's like you almost can't get stuck doing one thing for too long because then the other things are going to fall apart. Like, I think you I know you got you got caught by Freddy, Chica and Foxy. And every time it was just because something else was happening, you got caught up there and then the other ones take advantage of it. Yeah. And uh, I can't even imagine how the hell you would make it through the nights after that. It felt hopeless after a while. Oh, oh dude, I'm telling you, I see. I've, I completed the first one um, on the sw- on the Nintendo Switch. Night five is madness. <laughs> like, I'm going to tell you that right now. Night five is hell. But yeah, it's like that's one of those games where I always recommend if somebody plays it, look up the YouTubers who have played it before, look up guides, anything you can find, because like the littlest details make the biggest difference in that game. Yeah. Wow. Now it looks like we have Halloween games that we're going to have to continue to play because I'm curious about how all these damn things turn out. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Pretty crazy. King Quest. Yeah. Uh, Play. Oh, Emma wants oh, yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah, Emma, yeah. yeah, Emily wants to play. That one's. I've kind of heard back and forth about that one. Like, I'm not. I've never been too sure about that game. Like, it looks cool, but it's like, uh, maybe. But yeah, we. I mean, we definitely had to take advantage of uh the of of uh Five Nights being that it was on Game Pass. Yeah. Well, I think Game Pass is something that you definitely get your money's worth, especially in Halloween. They're super generous. If you would think most people would hike prices of Halloween games, but on this time we get a. Uh, there was so much to choose that we sat there for a few hours before you even got in this. Then, like, uh, I sat there trying to figure out what the hell was going to be the stuff that gets placed there, you know? Yeah, I remember uh, there was a day, maybe a couple of days before, where you were like, hey, look, look through, see some Halloween games. I had to have been on my Xbox for a solid hour looking through the store and the deals, looking through Game Pass, looking through stuff I already had. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much shit here. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. And uh, it wasn't even a matter of whether or not there were going to be Halloween games to stream on this channel. It was a matter of what will be better. And I'm glad we got a lot in. Uh, again, a lot of this stuff is going to stick around because we want to finish it. You know, some of it we had to save because we wanted to play through a few things. So it won't be Halloween themed anymore. But just for anyone who wants to see the conclusion to some of these. The uh, the uh, Man of Medan, what's it from? The, the Dark Chronicles? The Dark Anthologies, I believe is what it's called. Yeah. We played episode one. I know episode two came on October 30th, but we played episode one, The Man of Medan. And uh, it was good. You know, yeah. it was uh, really? it, we, we, that's one that you can watch that one stream that's there. That's the game from beginning to finish. And one playthrough, Stasis and I did a co-op um, to the conclusion of that. 
And it's cool the way the co-op works because you're both getting different perspectives on what's going on in a horror game and any character can die. And it's also story, narrative and choice driven. So I thought that those are like really, really solid. Yeah, there were times where you would both be looking at the same. In fact, there was an instance you looked at you were both looking at the same person and seeing two completely different things. Or there were times where you would be looking at each other. And this is the benefit you guys had. You were actually able to let the other one know, like, hey, that's me. Whereas, God forbid, you're playing this with somebody like across the country. They think you're the monster. You're freaking shot up like a Christmas turkey. It's terrible. Because minor spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, you're sort of hallucinating at points in the game, but the other character isn't. So you might see your co-op partner and you just see a demon there. And uh, Stasis and I, our, our screens are uh, they're 50 plus inches, both side by side. I think Destin's seen a screenshot of it. So uh, yeah. it was impossible for me to not see that on one screen I'm seeing, you know, she's seeing me and on the other screen I'm seeing a monster. So I was like, wait, it's us. It's us. Don't do it. Don't kill me. But uh, I do like the tension. And I kind of felt like it gave us another perspective seeing it both ways. Because like, I know it was going to try to M. Night Shyamalan us. Where at the end of the game we'd both go, oh. Like if you're playing it online, like if Destin and I were playing it. Oh, like at some point we'd have that revelation of what's happening. But it was interesting going through the game already sort of seeing uh, that we're both seeing different shit. Making us react different towards one another. So I did like that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a hell of a lineup for Halloween games this year for sure. Yeah, we didn't do the Halloween stories, but quite honestly, I mean, when it comes to the talk brunch pen, that's the only uh, people that aren't that are at a hundred percent health uh, all of the time. I feel like on myself, Destin, and Stasis. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody else is like you gotta get the defibrillator. <laughs> so I, I mean, in that spirit, it's Halloween spirit that everybody's dying. It's no one's around for stories. Oh, <laughs> that dark. Too dark for Halloween. <laughs> anyway, um, we are going to talk about some fun Halloween stuff because that is what we do around here. You guys know that. Uh, one thing which they did bring up on Raw tonight, we'll get into Raw later. I don't want to ruin the mood. Was the Undertaker? He was put in. He he appeared on the Jimmy Fallon show, right? Yeah, I think he's done this once before. Yeah, let me see if I could just get. This is seven minutes. I'm going to try to just get from the middle here. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Uh, hey, Jimmy, I love Halloween. I also love WWE. Is there any way you can combine the two? Uh, I, I can't, but I know who can. And his name? The Undertaker. Check it out. Undertaker! 
Undertaker's 30th anniversary will be celebrated at Survivor Series on Sunday, November 22nd, streaming on WWE Network. We love that guy. Thanks again, Undertaker. We are down to our last suggestion. It is from Ramona Ostrowski. Uh, hey, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, we're wrestling fans. We don't care about that. I stopped giving a fuck. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was interesting, though. It's funny how The Undertaker is now used in parody more often than before. Yeah, I guess it's like kind of going along with him opening up a little bit more. So, kind of, he's at a point where he's just having a little fun. So. Yeah. Totally. Really cool stuff. Uh, he tweeted out and he said, we take Halloween very seriously. <laughs> that man said, this is not a game. Yeah, no, nah, it totally isn't. And then his uh, his daughter actually dressed like him for Halloween. Did you see that? I saw all that. That yeah, shit made me laugh. That's kind of funny because apparently she didn't even know who he was uh, or that he did anything before halloween you know like she didn't know that he had any kind of a career like before uh the documentary started coming out so that's some shit she just kind of thought that her dad just hung around was just like this regular guy and then she got to watch all of that so that's kind of an interesting revelation but yeah this is her in the outfit as a mini taker oh, that, is great. <laughs> <laughs> that is great I just love like the, the size of the mask compared to the rest of her body. Yeah, I'm oh, exactly shit. the same way. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, seeing that kid on the last ride documentary was funny. So that kid's such a troll. It's great. Yeah, totally. Uh, what else do we got? Halloween based here. The AEW uh, locker room took part in a photo shoot. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Why do you say, oh, Christ? Those are your boys. So I just, I, I, I just, I'm not sure where this is going to go. Like, I just thought about that. I almost know so that. I was like, what do you mean, oh, Christ? You cornet in the mouth? because I, I have no idea where it's going to go. Like, it's... Oh, I have no idea where it's going to go. You know how I do this show now. I like the, I like the, the live experience with you guys. So uh, I'm bringing it up at the same time as you. All I know is that they did a photo shoot. So I guess we're going to look at that now and see what we got here. I'm loading it up. Like every time I hear Halloween photo shoot, I know it could go almost anywhere. Oh, it looks like it's going to go somewhere good. Well, this should be nice. Yeah, it's just a bunch of pictures of uh, Sunny Kiss twerking with... Uh... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just... See? <laughs> See? <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that disclaimer, but all right, we got it up on the screen here. Uh, so these are... Who is that exactly? I, I'm, you're going to have to help me out with some of these because that's an actually good, well-done mask. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I guess she's just a dark fairy? Yeah. I don't know if she's meant to be anybody specific. No, but I'm saying who's the wrestler? Oh, oh, the... oh, that's uh, that's Tay Conti. Oh, is that who it is? Oh, you you recognize yeah. her more than me. I haven't seen her very often. Okay, so let's keep flipping the book here. Oh, that's her again. Oh, they tried to do a tasteful black and white one. Oh, there's another different angle of her. So yeah, a dark fairy is what we have here. And there's oh, speak of the devil. Look, there was Sunny Kiss Halloween. So. Anyone that's just tuning in, this is an AEW Halloween photo shoot they did. These are clearly very expensive. You could just tell, by the way, this was done as a tasteful photo shoot. It's one of those ones like you fly somebody in for that shit. Yeah, exactly. How they wanted to do Halloween classy over at AEW. Huh? Look at these. Oh, with, with uh, what's his name? That other dude. Janela. Yeah. That is, uh, 
I'll keep looking. What's her name? Dark Order chick, right? Uh, Anna J. Yeah, okay. Look, Orton Pose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hikaru Shida. I like the lighting that are done in a lot of these. It looks really cool. It looks like a scene from a movie, doesn't it? Yeah. See? Keeping it classy. It's so bad because it's AEW. My first instinct was, oh, God, who's getting trolled? Oh, you thought it was going to be like a spoof because everything's comedy with them. now. No, they tried to do a tasteful thing. Of course, we have Dr. Britt Baker. That looks dope. I like that a lot. That's nice. Yeah, that's cool. Very sophisticated. They put some work into this one. He said, we better put y'all with magazines and shit, yeah? Yeah, those are cool, man. Yeah, these are really, really well done. Who is this? Not sure. Chris. Yeah. Someone with Britt Baker, though. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's Reba. Is it? Wow. Pretty sure that's Reba. I'm so mad they really got me calling this girl Reba. <laughs> yeah, it took me a minute to figure out what Jeez. she meant. <laughs> they re- oh. It's just, it's done so many times that at one point you just oh, start to accept a- it. Like, yep, she's Reba. This is Leva Bates, right? Yeah, I almost overlooked her. Yeah, that's a sexy librarian style that she's doing now. Okay. Oh, look, and it's, uh, what's his name? Peter Avalon, the other librarian. I love the fucking hand on the mouth pole. That's great. Yeah, since this freaking pandemic's already, there's so many people I haven't seen in forever. Like. And it's uh, Abaddon. He's perfect for Halloween. She even looks dressed down for Halloween. That's because with Abaddon, it's Halloween every day. Yeah, pretty cool, right? Can't complain. Yeah, about really this. good. If you're listening to the podcast version, you can go to twitch.tv slash talkbrunch or facebook.com slash talkbrunch. Watch the video version of this. I'll just go to, uh, what are we in? You go to about uh, 22 minutes in. Yeah. twenty About 20 minutes in, rather, if you want to go back a little bit. See, we even give you a timestamp in real time now. And of course, Can't I'm going to share that. Yeah, and of course, I'm going to share that on uh, in the chat room for those who want to browse this themselves, as well as on our Twitter if you're following that, you'll get a direct link to all the things that we're talking about. Yeah, that was really dope, though. Yeah, I've I've seen. I feel like I've seen TNA do stuff like that before, like tasteful photo shoots and just expensive. Yeah, it Sometimes was what's her name? Like it was uh, holidays. Christy Hemme, I believe, usually is the one who takes the lead in doing things yeah. like that with the knockouts. You usually see uh, Christy Hemme, Gail Kim, the beautiful people. You'd always see them in every one of them. Yeah, like it was that that was very knockouts inspired. If you really if anyone's ever really known the knockouts, that's the kind of stuff that they do. Oh so, yeah. But yeah, definitely did like it. Give it a plus. Very, very cool. Uh what else do we have? Halloween. Again, we're gonna do all the Halloween stuff first. We got Alexa Bliss that did like a Halloween thing here. Let me see real quick what it is and I'll bring it up for you guys. Okay, at this point I can just associate okay, Bliss with scary, a, so I mean this is gonna this be is Alexa Bliss and her boy, boyfriend Ryan Cabrera. Uh, oh, that is awesome! And they're doing Napoleon Dynamite characters. Oh, so, uh, God! He went as uh Napoleon's brother Kip, you know, and Bliss was uh Napoleon Dynamite with a Vote for Pedro shirt. For anyone that's listening, <laughs> uh, apparently they had a bunch of friends that all participated in this with them and did the entire cast all together. That is amazing! Oh, that is awesome! Yeah, so more Halloween fun coming at you. And then apparently uh, Matt Cardona, formerly Zack Ryder, and his girlfriend uh, Chelsea Green also did stuff. They went as the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. Oh, man. That, yeah, I saw this one. That is great. Yeah, right? Everyone's yeah. getting into the spirit of it. Yeah, but when it comes to some of them, we know who won this one. Forget my... Oh, God. <laughs> 
We'll get to them eventually, but yeah. Eh? Do we know who won? I don't know. I haven't had time to think. I'm looking at these for the first time, mind you. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd say when you get around to them, I think uh, Montez Ford and Bianca Belair won. Oh, I did see some of that. Yeah, are we allowed to? Are we even allowed to run that? That's high level shit right there. Like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that as as one. We'll get to it. Don't spoil it yet. If anyone yeah, doesn't well, know what's yeah, talking no, about, yeah, I was too good. Too good. Understand people. Thirty one. Too good. Let me see what we have here with with. Oh, get away! This is Miro and Lana. Lift it. Do you think that light in the back is weird? Oh, I guess they're doing a, they're going to do a makeover. He's going to become a Pennywise. Is that what they're doing? Pennywise? Let's jump ahead in this because I don't want to. Pennywise. Yeah, it's 10 minutes. Literally. What are they doing? Good Why God. It's you following Let's get to when they're towards the middle of this. <laughs> wow. They're really committed to this. <laughs> so cold. Harry's orange and then clowny the clown. How do I feel? I feel great. <laughs> and it's also very funny how she did nothing like what the guy did. Okay. Like nothing. Not even one thing. That's not true. What did you do like him? That red on my face. Also, well, you made, you did a lot of liberties on your own. He never did the black one. Yes, he did. No. Watch the video. You don't have a single black I can do face. a black right now. You did the black on the outside. You okay. completely went rogue. Right. You didn't even do the right makeup. I thing. look like the clown. Yeah, because you did completely different things. No, I did that. You did... Oh, my... Okay, show what that is. You did Show what that is. Yeah, wow. Because so this is that model. Let's get the finished product here. Jesus. You lit, You do not look like it at all. Mine is bad, James Charles. Yours is like a complete other. She did not even look at it for once. I was watching James Charles. Yeah, that doesn't. That's not very. Please comment below if you think. I don't like it. You have flashbacks, aren't you? No, I just I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Lana looks genuinely terrifying. Like I don't know if I would have read that if I would have known who the hell they were. Anyway. I'll link that one so that you guys could get a look for yourselves as well. You 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 couldn't run up on me with like face paint looking like that. I'm gonna punch you in the face no matter what the gender. Like I'm a back demon. That's on our social media now. Yeah, I've never liked clown stuff though. I saw this weird clown movie, man. I don't even want to talk about it on here because I don't want to promote it. It was too fucking weird. Now that I think about it, I don't know why I even said anything. Wipe. <laughs> 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 don't channel surf. It sucks. Yeah, <laughs> Kayla, you run this shit. <laughs> yeah, Kayla Braxton uh, also had played a little bit of dress up here. And apparently, the person she dressed up as didn't appreciate it too much. And when you see why, you're gonna understand. You see who it is, you're gonna understand rather. So this is Kayla Braxton hopping onto the scene. Oh, 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 that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> So for anyone listening, How dare she you. dressed as Sami Zayn. She has the hat. She actually made the furry beard. She has she has her own IC title too. The the whole she literally they're like twins. Motherfucker committed. She <laughs> <laughs> even danced to the ring like a jackass too. She yeah, he even came strutting to the ring. And we are doing this full bore. All right. <laughs> this was on Talking Smack. Remember, Talking Smack has returned. She decided to come out as her own version of Sami Zayn. You now, Happy Halloween, motherfucker. <laughs> that is hilarious. Putting that in the chat room also. <laughs> That's fucking great. Putting that on the website also. There you go, guys. 
Oh, uh, yeah. That's why this is such a fun time of the year, I gotta say. So one time a year, you get to just do stupid shit. And I was like, yeah, okay. So this one... I guess we can play it, right? I'm gonna if look if you if if you go to some place where one of our platforms and we're not there, go to the other one. That means we couldn't play it. <laughs> out there somewhere, all right. It'll be out here somewhere. It might they might mute the audio to this, but this is uh Montez Ford and Bianca Belair, and this is what they did for Halloween. And I thought this was brilliant. They win. Yeah, they win Halloween. What? We ran out of gas. So, what are we going to do now? I'm sorry. I didn't believe you. Can I ask you something? What? You know I like you, don't you? Yes. And I hope you like me the way I like you. This is great. Yes. This is I was wondering amazing. if you want to be my girl. Oh, Michael. They got the outfits identical, right? Right after the last, I thought I was watching it. It's beautiful. Now, it's official. Now, I have something I have to tell you. Yes, Michael? <laughs> I like these other dudes I am. Of course not. That's why I love you. I mean, I'm different. What are you talking about? Say like yeah. my to go. It's just a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was scared. I thought Mike was in there. Yeah, and it looks like he does the entire bit here, right? Like that is some mastery of choreography here. Look at this. This is the part that I saw. I couldn't believe this. Yo, they were not fucking around. <laughs> like that is amazing. Quest said he remembers Hot Topic had that jacket and he's mad they didn't have his size, right? Who didn't want that jacket back in the day, right? It's incredible. Man, I remember this. Holy shit. This used to be the best. Oh my god. And you knew and you knew you were excited when you found the extended version of it? Yeah, look at that. Yeah, too bad he didn't have the backup zombies, right? But he had to like holy oh, shit that he have the, the, the choreography down, right? Yeah. Like that is that is high level. 
like that. Bravo, man. Bravo. I told you this was the better guy, man. Out of the two of them, this is the the dude right here. Dude, I say right now, don't do it when when WWE does their thing and you just puts them up. I was right about Otis, even though they fucked up. You know, I was right about Otis, even though they fucked up. So you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, Ladies and awesome. gentlemen, no, I, I thank I, you I for more. joining us during this Halloween special to you guys. It's a lot of things going on in the world right now. We hope that we provided you some type of entertainment and happiness during these times. But always stay safe, wear a mask. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm going to share that out to you guys. All of our social media and everything. Oh, crap. Yeah, good stuff. Very cool stuff. Some next level shit right there. So, how did Impact celebrate Halloween? Oh no! What they do? They decided to have a wedding. Oh, oh yeah. Johnny Bravo and Rosemary had a wedding. I don't watch Impact, and this wasn't even one of those heard it from the wrestling fans things. I just stumbled across this. This was just me stumbling. <laughs> this was one of those moments for anyone who's familiar with YouTube. This was one of those your video finished and then the five second countdown, the next shit came up. Had no idea what the hell I was walking into here. And uh, I'm going to present it to you that exact same way that I encountered it. And then we can talk about this one afterwards. I'm sure you watch Impact, so you know what happened. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't see this coming. You may now kiss the demon. Tweeted that clip with Simpsons did it. Yes, I saw. Like what? What is going? And you could tell they were being campy at least. Like this wasn't just Impact shitting the bed, you know. But uh, still, <sighs> was that resolved? There's, there's been nothing since, right? That was it. Yeah, there's been nothing. I haven't, I haven't seen anything about it since. Oh my god! I can't even believe I was asking that question. It was just, oh god. So this next story isn't even news. I just thought that this was funny. You might have even heard about this. But uh, this guy got an exact replica of AJ Styles' tattoo. Did you hear about that? I literally saw this this morning. And when we say exact replica, we mean exact. Yeah. Isn't that creepy? So if anyone doesn't understand what we mean, the dates underneath the tattoo are the dates of his children, the dates they were born. And the guy who got the fucking tattoo also got AJ Styles' children's birth dates underneath his initials. You see what? See, these are the guys who are the reasons some people make fun of you for watching wrestling. Because they think this is all of us. You have to really be. I hate to discredit someone, but that's not a fan. Like, at that point, you're a super mark. And, and first of all, I want, I got I wonder how old this guy is. Like, I feel bad for him if he's like, like, let's say he's a decade or a decade and a half younger than me because he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't really understand 
the significance of what he did. Let's just say, for example, that 15 years ago, this guy would have been a Christian fan, Christian Cage, and he would have gotten some sort of a fucking Christian thing on him. No disrespect, because I like Christian. Christian's a good wrestler. But how significant would it be to have Christian printed on your body right now in 2020, years later, if you had him like doing oh, that, that thing he does when he looks out with his forehead? Oh, <laughs> Just, he would be like, well, what the fuck is that? You know? Or, and I, I know people have done it with Hogan. You know, there's a lot of people with Hogan tattoos. It's the old Hogan, the, the, the red and yellow Hogan on them, on their bodies. The Hulk Hogan shit on them. I don't know like if it's the, the best thing, you know? And I know it's kind of shallow to say this, but if you're going to print somebody on your body, you should take into consideration how relevant they're going to stay to mainstream pop culture within the time you're going to have them printed on you. And then you got to ask yourself, how often do you change your smartphone wallpaper, your laptop wallpaper? Often you feel the need to repaint your house and your nails. And if you're fine being consistent with something permanent without change, then congratulations. You got AJ Styles initials on your body and the birthdays of his kids. Good luck getting laid with that, by the way. Oh, God. Oh, you have kids? No, but AJ does. What? Get ready to fly <laughs> because you're not going to be getting ready to fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, that is the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I just felt like talking about it, you know? I was just yeah. Like, you know what? I, I, I looked at it and I just felt like talking about it. Like, it'd have been one thing to get just AJ, like, because then you could just spin that into any kind of situation, but his kids' birthdays. The birthdays of his children. Like, at that point, like, the only thing you could do is try to knock up a girl four times and pray to God it lines up on all those dates. And even then, you're not going to be able to do as much. You're going to have to find someone who has Thunder Rose's children printed on their, on their tits. Oh, perfect couple. Oh, my God. It'll be like that movie. What was the name of that old movie where, where at the end uh, the guy smiles and I guess he has like a metal mouth or brace or something. And the girl smiles and she also has braces. And then the two of them wind up going uh, away together like they hold hands. Like oh, that's God, kind of I know the movie, but I can't. Oh. I forget the name of it. But for those of you that remember that movie that are right now listening to this on your podcast and calling out the name. That scene never happened like that, according to the Mandela Effect. When she smiled, she did not also have braces. That's the you Mandela Effect. You motherfucker, you work so Mandela there, Effect in the I work a Mandela Effect into the Halloween edition here. Because Son if you go back, bitch. people remember it, where they smiled and because they both had metal mouths, that's how they became a couple. The girl with the pigtails. But nope, even though you remember that scene, I remember a few years ago in the Halloween, we talked about the fucking Mandela Effect. Go back. There are no braces there. And every year, the damn Mandela Effect works its way back in. You see? <laughs> I had to do it. Unplanned. It's just organic, you know. It's all organic. Yeah, the best on the part show. Is it wouldn't be a ho- it wouldn't be an episode either before or after Halloween if you didn't work it. Yeah, when you've been doing this for so many years, you don't have to plan those moments. It's just like, yep, that's what's gonna fit. <laughs> you just gotta line up the shot. <laughs> line up the shot and go, go, go. Oh my god. You yeah, know. All right. Well. Now we got to talk about a little bit more of the frustrating and stressful stuff, unfortunately. It wouldn't be Talk Brunch if we didn't talk about the big stories of the week. And one of the big stories is officially Doomsday was upon the streamers that are associated with WWE. Everyone had to turn off their Twitch streams for good and say goodbye to their channel and their chat room and just be done with it. They were forced to do so. As much as speculation went on that they didn't mean it and maybe they just had to change their names and maybe if they do this and that, nope. When the day came, 
they were told to turn off their channels. Literally. That is the long and short of it. And I know that you are we're not happy about this. There are tons of people. Paige had to shut down. Well, we're going to get to Paige, but let's start with AJ. AJ Styles, he released a statement saying goodbye, that this is when we see you somewhere down the road. Mia Yim also, uh, because, you know, she's in retribution now, so she's on TV. She's being used more. Uh, Cesaro, Alistair Black, Selena Vega, they had to get rid of their accounts as well. Oh, wow. That really sucks. Alistair Black and Zelina Vega actually addressed everyone which i have here i'm going to share to you guys on social media as well going on here this courtesy pw unlimited grabbed it from their channel in 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 all fairness we don't know we we don't know but it's starting to look like obviously that this might be the last one for a while um we haven't been told anything but obviously tomorrow's tv and i know that um there's going to be a conversation tomorrow, um, but like, like it's 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 not definite. You know, it's not like it's not like this is it. It's not like this is the last final stream that I've. Ever, that's not what this is. Um, from what we understand, is that although it could be, I, I want you to be prepared for that too. It okay. could be. It could be, but like, it, like we don't think it is, but you never know. Um, but you know, I think I think what's happening is that they're trying to find a way um, to make it coexist within uh, the WWE universe uh, in in whatever way they want to do that. I don't know, and if we agree to that or not, I don't know. Like I, I literally, we literally can't tell you anything because we don't know anything. Um, Only because we haven't been told anything from yeah. <clears throat> the office yeah. itself. No one has told us anything yet. We so know that just... AJ has put out his statement. Mia has put out her statement because they were told separately. And that's that's their thing, that, that they've had conversations with the office or not. That's that's their business. But um, we have not spoken to anybody yet. Yeah, we yeah. have not talked to anyone yet. And I know tomorrow there's going to be a conversation, of course. Um and Austin Creed too. Yep. Yeah. So, like again, we don't know. Um, we don't know. But I think you can. I, I think you can definitely say that this one's the last one for a while, for at least a while. And I don't know how long that while is. Um, obviously, tomorrow we're going to get a little bit more more clarity on things. But um, I don't know. But at the same time, if this is the last one for a while. Um, you know, we shouldn't make it about all the depressing shit and all the negativity. We should have a normal stream that we always have, which is fun. I think we had to really have a really cool community. The Discord's not going anywhere. Uh, so that's going to obviously remain for however long. And we're still going to interact. Um, obviously, that's a different way of, uh, it's a different, that's a different entity on its own. So if you're not part of our Discord, please become part of our Discord. Anyone who came into our uh, chat new, welcome. Um, but like I said, like we're going to have to figure out and wait what the verdict is and what they want to do and what we want to do, because that's obviously, obviously also important. But the, 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 the biggest thing is it's like we, we, we really don't know. We have no idea what's going on. I'm just going to be candid and just like we don't know, but we have a good idea and there's the whole trying to make it work for everybody stage that we're in right now 
and we're hoping that there is some kind of middle ground um is there there may not be um because the thing is that sounds great you know and i hope that there is it sounds like you know middle ground would be awesome but i also want to prepare people for the possibility of this being the everlasting last time because i don't want to give you guys hope and then slap you guys in the face and go sorry you know what I mean? Well, that's, I mean, I'm not giving them hope. It's he, just like I'm, I'm, I'm giving them the exact same sentiment that we have. We yeah. don't know. We don't yeah. know. Well, so we're preparing you for both. We're preparing you for the, hey, we figured out something and it's kind of going to be different and it's going to work somehow. It's it's not going to be exactly what this is because I don't think it'll ever be this. Um, it'll be different um, if there is that. But there's also the side of, we just have to stop. And I, and I want you guys to be prepared for both because I want to be 100% honest with you. And same with Paige. I know that she um, she has been very, you know, upfront and honest. And I think that's one thing that you can say about Paige is that she will tell you what the fuck's up. She will not hold anything back. Um, so as she said before, they haven't said anything to her either. But I'm sure... Um, something will happen. And like you guys coming in and throwing all these crazy subs at us and, you know, um, even Enigma with his tattoo, like I get emotional because it's like we built this thing together. It's not just us. Yeah. It's you guys. Well, it's cool because of you guys. Yeah. You know, we could have sat here and chatted with like no one and it would have made no difference. <laughs> Which we thought was going to happen. <laughs> Which I thought that when we started this thing, I was very reluctant to get on board initially. Um, because I'm a bit of a, I'm a very private person. Um, actually, you think that's what it would be, Quest? WWE Gaming on the network? That wouldn't be a dumb idea. Step away for a while, because I wanted everything to figure out with uh, what we're doing uh, on on the WWE side of things with with me, and then kind of dive back into it. And I want, I want, I wanted to focus on a few things, and um, you know, and obviously. Anyway, so that is that. So what are your th- what are your thoughts on uh, on the we have we have more to actually yeah up to this point without talking too much about anything further than what we're talking about on regards to page or even the cameo or anything just just these people that are shutting down Twitch for certain is sad because a lot of the people they mentioned like the mediums AJ Styles even their channel as well I've been in those chat rooms and hung out it's like it's hang- it's like hanging out with the friends. It's like hanging out with crew. When you go into those chat rooms, you don't feel as if you're talking to Aleister Black and Selena Vega from WWE. You literally feel like you're hanging out with friends. I've seen them acknowledge people they don't even know face to face as if they've been friends for years. With we've we've talked numerous times about how fun it is in AJ's chat room, whether they're playing PUBG, talk anything that they're playing. It's always been an entertaining thing and the thing that bothered me is how many times they had to reiterate the fact that they don't know how do you tell somebody how are you putting somebody in a situation and you're literally leaving them in the dark until the last fucking second and like if, something's gonna sh- if something's gonna shut down you give people at least some kind of an idea so then they can at least plan around it or something yeah, and it's really annoying that they they portray themselves as a family, but they're not, you know? Like, because if you were family, you would know. You would know what each other's thing is. But no, unfortunately yes. here, they do not. 
Now, in regards to uh, the streaming, for me, and I think for a lot of other people, podcasting, streaming, content creation, it's not just about any of the benefits, which trust me, for a lot of us, unless you're top tier, there's a lot more labor than benefits. It's more, it's an outlet, you know what I mean? It's a platform, it's a community, it's an outlet for you, where, uh, you know, you can sort of discuss things at the pace you want to, with the people that you want to, and you know, the only people that are going to really listen, or in the shadows, you always have your haters, but the majority will be your supporters. And whether that's a small or a large community, what's important is that it's an outlet for people that are like-minded uh, and just want to hear your opinion on things. So it's kind of crazy for something like that to be able to be claimed by someone else. I've always said that podcasting is essentially supposed to be a direct stream of consciousness, which is the reason why it shouldn't be censored and it shouldn't... Uh, there really has to be some sort of uh, leniency, I don't even know if that's the correct word, when it comes to uh, just people's opinions, because you're having a conversation with someone and uh, you're sharing just a, a very shoot aspect of yourself, which is an outlet for a lot of people. And to just take that away from people, so it's like they have to be in their gimmicks all the time now. The one place where uh, Paige was Soraya, you know, and uh, I don't know, I can't think of anything. AJ Styles Xavier Woods was awesome. Austin Creed, right, you know what I mean? AJ Styles was Alan Jones. Yeah, yeah, you get my drift. And it's like, now you're basically taking that away from them. And for what? And knowing that one of the little bullshit reasons they give, an actual fucking reason. Yeah, no, it doesn't really make any sense to me whatsoever because you you don't know what you're taking away from a lot of people. You know, you don't know the, the value that they hold and the things that they do. We've talked about this before here, you know? Like we literally talked before just about how how crappy it is that they're they're doing things like that. Mia Yim, she actually tweeted out, she said that her dog Stannis misses uh being on <laughs> Twitch. Yeah, I'm yeah, assuming she, he's she features he's, her bulldog on there quite a bit. I'm I'm assuming he's named after the famous Baratheon, right? The one that burned his daughter on the it HBO show. Spoiler. So. Spoiler. Spoiler. Let, let's look at see if he looks anything like Stannis. Oh, you stupid. Yeah, nah, it doesn't look like Stannis to me. Stannis has a bit of a more stern look. He does have that scowl, though. <laughs> that should have been up there in the Halloween section. <laughs> but apparently, this wasn't just something that was handled behind the scenes. Like, people did go to Vince McMahon to discuss this with him and argue, if you will. AJ Styles and a lot of other people who want to keep their stream went to him. So it's not like this is just some notice that's up in the air. People went to him and were like, hey, man, you know, like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, like they, they literally went and said, look, we really want to keep our Twitch streams. Please don't do this, is what it sounds like. Is there something that we can work out? And it was pretty clear. He made it clear, no, you have to drop your streams. So it's not like there's any speculation. As much as they don't know and no one's approached them, if they approach him, the boss himself, they're going to get a stern no. You can't do it anymore. The end. Because this is apparently the word that's been going on. According to PW Insider, these are the, they said that several superstars went to him. To argue against this Twitch ban, including AJ Styles, who has a lot of stroke in WWE, and uh, so they did try to fight this. They're being they're, this is being forced upon them. How dare you fight for something that we had nothing to do with building? Yeah, and Dave Meltzer was saying that everyone's getting off of Twitch, and there's a lot of unhappiness, and he doesn't know how many are talking to Andrew Yang, but he knows that there's several talking to Andrew Yang, and that it's interesting because uh, the election's coming, and from Vince's standpoint, uh, the timing for making this move is terrible. Which is essentially true. You know, it's not a good move for him to make on, on their side because Andrew Yang, obviously being a Democrat, uh, 
would make people who this is very important to swing there. And that's one of my issues with politics, that that might be one of the only policies that you're concerned with. And there's a bunch of other shit there you don't like, but you go with it because you desperately want this instead of that. And uh, that's sort of the, the sandwiching that is winding up happening here when it comes to a Twitch. Pixie Starla, thank you for the host. That is the that is the annoying sandwiching, which, by the way, I got to turn on my notifications here. Sorry for anyone who haven't had my notifications on. Let's be real. They've been, they've been, them notifications been scaring the shit out of us all weekend. So Yeah, sometimes we're playing a jump stair game and that, and that stuff comes on. It is, <laughs> and shit happened like six or seven times during the fucking, the fucking coma. Yeah, nah, there's a bit of intensity when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh, man, but yeah, I really feel bad that this is like, we, we knew this was coming, but at the same time, it just, it sucks that it, it, it wasn't worked out in any way. You know, they just pretty much can no longer do this. That's like a lot of power to have over someone, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, pretty sad stuff. And then fans started this let them stream, hashtag let them stream, I believe is what it is. Yeah, I think so. Where they're basically saying, you know, they're, they're all going off on them for not allowing them. And also hashtag let them twitch. So they have let them stream and let them twitch. You know, these strong hashtags. Uh, just basically saying that uh, they want these people to have the freedom. I don't want to read all of these, but there's just several of them that are uh, in regards to the fact that they should be given freedom. You know, this is, you know, let them stream before the wrestlers in WWE. They should all speak out about this. And that's another thing. The wrestlers do have to have a united front. First and foremost, it seems like the community has more of a united front than the wrestlers. Exactly. Know? Stick up. <laughs> yeah. Stick up, man up, do whatever up. But don't fuck around anymore. You know, that's, that's one like, of the bigger issues. About this, like, yeah. Yeah. It really does drive me nuts, man. Where it's like, like, well, like, what the fuck are they going to do? D push you all? Like, they can release them all. And I mean, that's the problem. At the end of the day, the money that they're making in WWE is a lot more lucrative than the money that they're going to make as streamers. So then they, that's a decision that they have to make for themselves on certain hands. And uh, that's the thing. I've heard the contrary said from people who don't understand this. You know, um, I've heard people say stuff like, oh, they're running a company and they're trying to make a profit. What do you expect? Blah, 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 blah. Fuck you know, off. You know, and I've, and I've heard people, you know, just say stupid things like that, you know, where uh, they pointed out the fact that the paychecks that um, she gets from Twitch, um, you know, are probably not as big. But if it's that big of a deal, just ask for your release and do Twitch. But it's like you're missing the point. You're being ignorant when you say that. And, and you know what? I hate to say it, but people people that are that come up with that kind of language are hourly workers at best and that's all they'll ever be they don't think about salaries or have ambitions or goals or even just dreams because how can you see someone doing something like that and be like well if it means that much to you just don't do this anymore and that's it it's like that's the equivocal to like if you worked at a mcdonald's during the day and you worked at a sh- burger King. and you worked at a shitty game stop at night and then the GameStop, which will more likely be the ones to do it, tell you that you have to give them part of your McDonald's paycheck since you're working there as well. You're a GameStop employee. And since you represent GameStop, you either have to do that or you quit working at McDonald's. We don't want our GameStop employees to be represented at McDonald's. What the fuck do the two things have to do with one another? If you have people who are wrestlers and they're streaming games, video games on Twitch, it's unrelated. You don't do that. It's you're inhibiting freedom. And it's not about, well, they should just drop the wrestling and stick with the Twitch if it matters that much. That's a stupid attitude. It's about people's rights, you know, being in, being inhibited here, guys. Don't stick your nose up at this shit. Like, it's not cool yeah. that, 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 that that would even be allowed. And, and keep in mind that they're not, they're independent contractors. But not treated anywhere near like it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. 
It doesn't it's make like, any I love how like they always throw that one, but they ne- you know how they never throw it the other side. They never think, oh, well, WWE just doesn't fuck with their Twitch accounts. Yeah, Nobody ever seems to go for the more logical one. They always go for the easy, marky fucking answer. Yeah, no, it doesn't really make any sense to me. So this is why these people, these fans started putting out this let them Twitch, which, like I said, I think it's an excellent hashtag just because uh, you should. Exactly. This yeah. hashtag makes sense. Yeah. Brian Alvarez of Wrestling Observer was saying that uh, they have to sign over to Twitch and Cameos uh, because of the fact that there's apparently going to be some sort of business between Twitch and WWE. So, you know, the speculation that they want to have like a WWE Twitch channel and have everybody appearing on it, you know, like they don't ever have a network for that shit. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, and now a free version of said network. Yeah, exactly. So. I don't know. Like I said, doing something like that, it's kind of crappy. They said Adam Cole didn't close down his Twitch account yet. Uh, it might be maybe something in regards to him being under NXT contract. Maybe it only applies to WWE contracts for the time being. We don't know, but we do know that. Also, the legends. There are certain legends like Mick Foley, who they, he kept his cameo account. That could also have something to do with the fact that legends contract don't fall under whatever legal clause these are, these current stars signed. Lord. Well, at least we know that much, you know. But yeah, Big E, Kevin Owens, uh, they did have to, Lacey Evans, Mandy Rose. Well, actually, no. Big E, Kevin Owens, uh, Scarlett, Riddle, who, by the way, he's no longer Matt Riddle, he's Riddle. Uh, they, they've all deactivated their accounts. Lacey Evans, Mandy Rose, and Scarlett, uh, well, Lacey Evans and Mandy Rose, I believe, haven't deactivated as of yet. So there are some people who have and some people that haven't. I don't know why that is, but all Cameo accounts are also supposed to be deactivated here. So that sucks too, you know? And Paige, she had a breakdown on Twitch. I don't know if you heard about this. Oh, yeah, I heard about it and I saw it. Yeah. So she, this hit her the worst. She's probably the most successful wrestling Twitch streamer. And this was what Paige had to say here. I'm going to link you guys to it. And we're going to uh, drop it here as well. Now I have to make a very important decision. I'm fucking tired, man. Look my fucking neck twice. Twice to this company, dude. Over fucking works. Work my fucking neck twice to this company. I didn't realize that this community isn't just a fucking isn't just about fucking subs, dude. It isn't about that. We built such a wonderful community, a wonderful fucking family where this is an escape for a lot of people, including myself. I can't wrestle anymore. I always work so hard in WWE that I can't wrestle anymore. My neck is fucked. My whole fucking dreams got taken away from me, dude. And I had to have something. Fulfilled, even the small, that huge fucking void that I lost with wrestling. A huge fucking void. I didn't, ha- I couldn't wrestle anymore. Something that I lived and breathed fucking shit wrestling since I was a fucking fetus, dude. And it got ripped away from me. And I had to find something that even filled a little bit of that. And Twitch was doing such a wonderful thing for me. It's, it's such a wonderful place for me. I understand. I understand if 
if they're like, hey, if you're wrestling every day, if you're doing these shows every day and fucking you're on TV constantly, that's fine. But I'm a fucking injured wrestler. I cannot wrestle anymore. They use, I get used for media stuff sometimes, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm in my fucking house. I'm going fucking crazy, dude. I need something to keep me fucking sane, man. And Twitch was my escape from that. Yes, can do, st do stuff. And right now, I'm just sitting on my fucking ass. People think that I'm fucking... I had a terrible couple of years where I had fucking tapes leaked about me, where I've had fucking... I popped a couple of drug tests because I was in an abusive fucking relationship, dude. That's the only thing I could fucking do. So people think that I should fucking be thankful that I still have a fucking job, right? I am. But that doesn't mean I should be treated like fucking shit, dude. Yikes. My sentiments, exactly. So, that is Paige, and that is the breakdown that she started to have on, on there. And, uh... She went on to talk a little bit more on different streams. She said, people don't realize I'm out, I'm outspoken as fuck. I'll say how I feel. I don't care who you are. I'll say how I feel because I don't feel like being walked all over. You know, you know what? I'm going to start looking more into unionization. I've been learning about, about it by a unionization lawyer. Uh, and then she says, this is bigger than Twitch. It's about taking fucking control over your own life and not being controlled by anyone. I gave 10 years, man. I put my fucking heart and soul into this. I had a bad couple of years and you know, you heard that, that part. So. She's thinking about looking into a union. And uh, she's also decided that she's not leaving Twitch, apparently. She said in another statement, you know. So uh, she said, the fact that you guys are so supportive of us in general is like, holy crap, this is wonderful. Made me feel so much happier and so much better. So, yeah, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because, you know, I don't have a lot going on, you guys. I really don't. I, I feel really happy today because of all the support that was given. I don't have a lot going on. So this was special to me. I'm always one that speaks my mind. It's kind of bittersweet because I can get in trouble for being honest and having an opinion. And it can be something very positive where I helped a lot of people. I like to stand up for what's right for not just me, but for everyone. I think it's very important not just to carry yourself with a certain regard. I want to carry myself in a way where people can look up at me one day and say, wow, she wasn't afraid to stand up for herself. I just feel like that is more of a role model because obviously I did some stupid stuff. Oh, I went to some crazy stage in my life for a couple of years. But how I came out of that, I feel like I did a good job and I want to continue trying to be a role model for people and show people that you can say and do whatever you want if it's in the right way. So it does sound like she's planning on fighting this. Damn right. You know, this is probably going to get a lot of media attention if they don't put the cap on this shit quick. Or if they just mind their fucking business and let these people do what they built to do. But no, you got to make that money. Yeah, no, that's really, that's really crazy. Like that one, when I heard that one, that one broke my fucking heart. This is all this girl has. Because think about it. When's the last time we saw Paige on TV? Or do anything. It's been almost, like, what, a year? Somewhere around that? It, it's been a while. I think the last thing I ever saw from her was she got missed by Oscar. That was about it. Yeah, when she got so, kicked out of uh, she kicked out of the Kabuki Warriors, right? Yeah. So it's not like they're doing jack shit and fuck all with her. Like, the girl can't do what she's been doing since before she could even leave, legally drive. Yeah. And for what? Like... <laughs> She said it's filled the void. It's the only thing keeping her sane. So who the fuck in this office, whoever the jackass was who made this decision, who the fuck is who the fuck is he or she to take that away from her? Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It is it is pretty sad. It's fucking pathetic. 
Yeah, do your thing, girl. Stay your ass on Twitch. Like, if they got a problem with it, hey, they quite have a fucking problem with it. Like, it's it's fucking ridiculous that this company just tries to step on everybody's fucking toes, and for no reason. Yeah. There's no benefit from them doing this because, like, Kill, uh, King Quest mentioned the whole WWE games thing. At that point, I'd rather play fucking Battlegrounds. Like. <sighs> <laughs> Because the thing about it is, what people, what people, what a lot of people don't understand, it's not like the good old days where oh, there was kayfabe and you don't hear about this stuff. Everybody hears about this stuff, so no matter what WWE does, they are fucked in this regard because word spreads like fucking wildfire. That video right there, that clip of page, that's gonna be that's everywhere. If it's not everywhere by now, it'll be everywhere by the time I finish this fucking sentence. Like, that's the direct reaction of how badly it's hurting this girl. She's not given kind of like the casual answer just to make sure she didn't get heat. That girl poured her heart out on her Twitch stream among basically her friends saying, hey, this you guys are all that's kept me sane. And they're trying to take this away from me. Yeah. King Chris says next they're going to make Biggie stop his cartoon show. Whoa. You joke, King Quest. They probably already have. No, don't say that. Like, how far? That's the whole thing. The people who think, just stop doing it. Like, how far does this go? You know what I mean? Like, how far does their reach, that do we extend their fucking reach here before, uh, you know, of just telling people to just quit? You know? At some point, you have to say something, man. Like, you have to understand, like, pe- people who just say, oh, it's just to do in the business. Not one goddamn bit of this has to do with fucking business. They could cancel everything if you let them keep doing that shit. Exactly. All all these wrestlers need to stick the fuck up. All right. If you worked and you put time into this and you busted your ass for this platform, for every view, every sub, every single thing you did, you stick up for that shit. You know why? Because it's yours, not theirs. They did fuck all for it. All they've done is big is book garbage ass products for the last three fucking years while everybody else has been busting their ass putting the time the hours in the late nights the sleepless nights the fucking borderline stage three carpal tunnel for this shit and these fuck faces want to take it and take it fuck that yeah and i know this subject you're very passionate about this topic ever since because it was a company that you felt in your opinion hadn't been delivering this entire year or even last they year. haven't delivered probably for the past two or three years yeah maybe even more so and now here they are with a sense of entitlement towards everyone. Oh, 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 with, with people who are actually delivering on their product. Yeah, and that's something that you don't want to have to deal with. So I completely get where you're coming from. Yeah. And it's even worse for Paige because we saw that when Paige um, had to retire, it was the fact that she couldn't even immediately do her retirement speech. They had to keep her on TV and give her time to get ready for it. And even then, she still barely made it through it. So it's like this is beyond a channel, a chat room, subs, donations, even messages in uh, the chat room. Speaking of that, we go playing AKA Ashley. What's up? What's up, Ashley? All this stuff, it's keeping her together. Because think about it, two bro- think about it, bro- basically broken her neck twice. At not even 25 years old, she was told, hey, you can't do this anymore. This is all she has. Because it's not like they're doing anything with her. They're too busy putting lawn to a table seven times a fucking week. Like it, it's, yeah. and there's people who still defend this company, and it fucking baffles me. Like, 
Yeah. And also Zaya Lee, she's another person who was affected inadvertently. And this is this is just an example of the extension of power that I'm trying to talk to you about. I don't know if you heard about the situation with Zaya Lee. I have not. So for it's kind of crazy because for weeks this has been popping up in the news stories, but I just haven't had time to squeeze it into the program. But uh Zaya Lee has been training and it comes up every week in the news. She's been training for a kickboxing tournament, right? And uh, so this angle's been going on in NXT where she's like, I have to have this fight. It means a lot to me. And they have the other Asian dude behind her. He's kind of nodding like, "Mm," you know, and then Regal's giving her the matches and shit. So me reading this news story, I was under the assumption what maybe what WWE is doing, which is what I would do as a promoter. They're kind of doing a spin on that angle. You know what I mean? You got a wrestler who's entering into a legitimate contact sport. Maybe this is them segueing into that somehow. But I must be wrong, because according to Fightful, uh, WWE didn't know about Zia Lee's fight um, until it came out during an interview with the uh, with the promoter of the event. And uh, WWE canceled that shit on her, and she got really upset about it. Uh, and she said that she, she thought that WWE wasn't giving her any respect by doing that. And she's frustrated because at the same time that she was canceled from this event, uh, she also is... Uh, not being used too much on NXT and she apparently went straight to Triple H to tell him that she was having these issues with everything and that uh you know I guess that was it so I mean this is what I'm talking about it's not even just like like they'll stop you from doing other shit it's not just Twitch it, like I, I I can't wait to hear what the end game of this bullshit is like really and I thought this whole time that that angle they gave was because they found that she was doing kickboxing and they thought it was cool so they were incorporating it into uh, into the storyline no, that's what a non-piece-of-shit company would do. That's what everybody else would do. Yeah, I just wanted the storyline to play out. You know, and apparently there was no storyline to play out. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of issues with that. You know? And it's a shame that it went that way. Just because they can't keep their fingers out of everybody else's cookie jar. Exactly. And and that's a big issue for me. Like, yeah. like stick to fixing your garbage-ass product. Let everybody else worry about the shit that's actually entertaining. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But Figure uh, out know, the original way to not put it onto a fucking table, and then you let everybody else handle their shit. Yeah, but it's an unfortunate time to do something like this because keep in mind that you do have a lot of p- political stuff going on, and uh, if they are getting in the crosshairs of Democrats or even Republicans, because there's not people aren't going to be cool with that, they're going to look at that independent contract situation. So this might all boomerang back to bite them in the ass. I told you a few weeks ago that the only way that they would get out of the legal spotlight of this is if they were to sit back and stop worrying about taking possession of anybody's uh, alternate content and uh, just sort of creep back into the shadows. And that's not something that they wanted to do. So I think this is the outcome. All right. I'll be sitting there with a popcorn and a soda waiting for the fireworks. Yeah, exactly. Tell me about it. It's, uh, like I said, very unfortunate because that's the greed of a company that then went into those or- those quarterly earnings meetings talking about just how successful they were with everything, you know? Stephanie McMahon hopping her happy ass up to they're talking about WWE is a family. Right. Well, if that's the case, put me in a fucking group home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so in other news, we got Kylie Ray, who... Uh, <laughs> oh, it, gets, it keeps going. This does keep going. This does keep going. Kylie Ray, who we have... This was another one I heard about this morning. Yeah. she had, We had a bit of an issue because I talked about her for a few weeks in a row now. And uh, 
now we're apparently hearing she's just done with wrestling. And let me get her up on the screen. I'm fucking up here. I don't even have her on the screen. But yeah, now we're apparently hearing that she that she's done with wrestling. So, so uh, that's pretty tragic. So let's see what exactly happened here. She said, uh, nobody made me leave. AEW took my career to new levels, and I'm beyond grateful for every opportunity and experience that has come along the way and wish nothing but the best. It's a great group of people who truly love wrestling and just want everyone to succeed. So uh, that's it. She quit. And she said, I'm truly sorry for the pain I've caused and miscommunication. I'm currently unwell. Um, I wanted to take this time to say that I'm no longer a professional wrestler. You know, so... She's taking a break from social media. It was a very hard decision to make. Um, she'll try to fulfill any obligations that she missed. During this time, most tiers will not be able to be fulfilled. Please feel free to unsubscribe from her membership Patreon account. So uh, she left. What are your thoughts uh, in regards to her leaving? So here's what, uh, what, what bothers me about one particular thing she said. She was like, it's a very tough decision. So you come to this conclusion the day of your company's WrestleMania, like to clarify, I'm all for having a day where you just kind of have, have just a, like, I don't call them mental health days. I call them just in, like in a case of me, I call them just a me day where you just don't really deal with people. Don't really talk to people. Just kind of keep yourself. I have those. I have at least one of those, maybe a week just kind of reset. Right. But, Here's the problem. If it's Monday night and we're about to go on the air or I got to work or I have some kind of an obligation that I can't just ignore, me day takes a fucking backseat. Right. And sorry to cut you off, but that's my problem with, with society today is that that me day shit doesn't fly. And I know it's going to be an unpopular opinion. I'm going to get heat in the uh on social media with this but there are way too many excuses nowadays this she no showed events i understand people having issues but at the very least and this is the wrestling world in the locker room the boys don't tolerate that shit what she could have done was call text do something when you no call no show anywhere in america that's an immediate termination let alone to do it that way in a professional on a fucking pay-per-view so i understand she had mental health issues but i just don't and it's not her fault because if you have mental health issues, you don't know what her state of mind is. I'm not trying to be uh, a hypocrite as far as that goes. But if you have mental health issues, at the very least, it's hard for me to empathize with not being able to give your peers a heads up so that they'd be able to get coverage. To just not show and not say anything. Even if you have a mental health issue, that is a bit of a dick move. And remember, I said a few weeks back about Kylie Ray that there was some shit, there was something fishy with uh, the way we were dealing with her. And with the way she was no showing and she wasn't popping up. And I and remember last week, I even was careful. I said, I don't know if it's going to be a mental health thing, but I'm just saying for those of you that that if it is a mental health thing, this is my opinion. Lo and behold, here we are a week later. It was a mental health thing. And for me, it's not so much her behavior as it is the behavior of her peers. And once again, like last week, I don't want to um, just isolate Kylie, Kylie Ray, but I want to say people in general. I think it's the peers of people in general that get on my nerves lately. And what I mean by this is that it almost feels like whenever somebody decides that they're going to take a step away from something uh, to take some me time, their peers congratulate them. Like if there should be some sort of a reward, like this, this is a brave thing to do. And I think that to some extent that could be more harmful than useful. If 
you're not feeling well and if you have a friend who's not feeling well wish them well tell them you hope you feel better but i mean there's so many people this this overwhelming support that kylie ray's getting on social media almost like being put as a hero almost a martyr if you will and i see this from people whenever whenever someone takes a stand on social media or says they're going to take a break or they're going to take some time for themselves people are like congratulating like it's the ultimate thing you know what i mean a decade ago taking a fucking day from work or no showing a job was not praised it didn't matter what the hell your mental issues were so that's one of my problems and i don't blame her i blame the way society has been nowadays you get too many passes like that And this is not me being unsympathetic towards her having mental health issues. It's been obvious to me for months that she has mental health issues before this came out. My my issue is, again, not even giving notification to the people who are employing you. Number one. Number two, everyone's a little bit too forgiving here. When when no one's everyone's scared to say is that like the elephant in the room. Hi, Kylie Ray. by the way, we know you have mental health issues, but you also fucked up, you know, literally no showed on the biggest night in this company's history. 364 other days that are a little less important than this one. Yeah, exactly. You know? Because the thing about it is, even when me with me and people in my personal life know this as well, if I have just one of my days where I'm just like, you know what, I just kind of want to, yeah, I'll tell you. Right. It's not just a no show. Yeah. Because in the case of, let's say, there's no way, I like, like I'll, I'll give work an example. If there's a day when I'm not really feeling it, if I still, if there's no way I can't miss it, I'll tough it out and then have my me day the next day. And George in the chat room, I'm not going to go. Sometimes you just got to ride it out. Yeah, and George in the chat room, I'm not going to go as far as to say that I don't think she cares. I just think that the way people are molded nowadays is, is it, there's no reason for her to think she did anything wrong. Think about it. I've seen so many cases. And I don't, again, I don't want to isolate Kylie Ray. I want to talk about Twitch streamers, people in sports, actors, actresses, even regular, yeah. even regular middle class people, whatever you want to call it. They've seen too many cases where someone has decided that what they're doing isn't good for their mental health and they're going to step away until they feel better. And everyone's been like, well, congratulations on being so brave. And honestly, for me, I come from a breed where it's like, to me, being brave is powering through, not tapping out or taking a fucking break. And if you do have that perspective, then it's like, at the very least, don't be too supportive. She did no show a pay-per-view on a show that you enjoy. And I know it's just wrestling, but at the same time, it's a commitment. It's an obligation. If she worked at Pathmark and decided that she was having a mental health day and no call and no show, they'd fire her ass. You think that everyone at Pathmark, all the cashiers and all of the managers are going to be tweeting to her about how fucking proud they are of her, that she didn't make it to work? Why the fuck would this apply for wrestling? Because she makes about 20 to 30 times what the average person who has to work at Pathmark that would get fired makes. We give her a pass? I'm going to be in the minority here, guys. I'm sorry, but I call bullshit. And this isn't the first time that with no notification, stuff has changed on her. I wish her well, and I hope she gets through her mental issues. But good Lord, is she handling it terribly? You know, and then the community makes it seem okay. Because now we live in this SJW snowflake world where you're allowed to take mental health days and everyone supports you. Like, just think about how bad it would have been if get to bound for glory and there's nobody to take her place in that match. Yeah. Yeah, that's the part nobody ever thinks of, like... And they, they tried to hang out for the last minute. They didn't want to say anything, you know, so they tried to hang out for the last minute. And uh, look what, what it cost them, you know. And she, so she loves wrestling, so what's going on, you know. There's something that has to be done here. There, there has to be some sort of problem. And if it comes up that there's something really bad, I, I feel awful. But I'm just saying that just small little points of etiquette could be uh, dealt with, you know. That's all. Sometimes literally just saying, hey, I won't be able to. Make it in. Just something like that can make quite the difference. Yeah. 
Anyway, I don't want to throw the hands on the bus too much long. I've got to move on to stories here. So there was an indie video that went viral this past week of this wrestler. I call it wrestler and I use the term loosely because it's just a guy in a backyard wrestler. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? God. Yeah. I'm going to warn you guys now. Viewer discretion is advised on this one. If you don't, if you have squeamish anything, look away from the screen for a minute. Go get yourself a coffee. Do what you have to do. This dude jumps off the top turnbuckle. He's an amateur wrestler, and he's in the backyard doing a match. He jumps off the top turnbuckle, only a couple of feet. You guys have seen the top turnbuckle. And uh, I'm going to let you see what happens, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. I don't even think I want to. Let me see if I could bring this up on the screen for you guys. We are not joking when we say viewers discretion advised. Like, this is not a drill. Let's get this on the big screen now. Yeah, I'm not trying to get the wolf pack music up. It's so look at this jump here. Oh, oh my god. Uh, if anyone who's listening to the podcast version, the guy broke both his fucking legs. He jumped off the tomb. Watch here. I'm gonna freeze right where his legs <clears> break. <throat> regular little jump he jumps down let's see if we can get a freezing and his both his fucking legs fall forward look at how he look at how he he fell oh my god so somehow don't ask me how i'm no scientist but somehow this dude's legs went forward both at the same time something from that about jump. the way he landed i don't understand how it happened but his legs literally went the wrong way oh my god that is rough um his name is Justin. What is? His, do we have his full name here? There was a GoFundMe opened up for this guy. They raised two thousand six hundred thirty-nine dollars. They have a two hundred thousand dollar goal. He's gone through three surgeries and he's had rods and pins put in his left leg, and and he has another surgery coming up. So he's all fucked up. Fucking King Quest. I can't. Oh my god. Oh. So yeah, he broke both his legs there. Uh he has a son he has a fiance they're trying to get the money together to try to fix this guy a couple of things that were talked about in the comments was the fact that he is a bigger guy and he does have skinny legs Um, you know he's out of shape he's he's doing backyard wrestling which is why people say always train at a school Uh, train with someone don't just put a ring in your backyard and and get a camera up it's not always smart Um, also some people are speculating that the way he rotated in the air he hadn't made the full rotation and come down with proper pressure there's a lot of stuff that could have went wrong here but the point is that uh this went terribly wrong yeah i mean anybody who knows like anatomy it only takes nine pounds of pressure to break a bone so nine pounds is the wrong way next thing you know friggin you're sitting there with question mark legs and all right well i'm going to share that for you guys in the chat room and it's going to be up on our social media and and i i feel awful about that um that sucks again leave this shit for the pros don't try this at home all of those things there is a uh there is a patreon for him which we will put the link in our social media when the show is over uh chris jericho actually donated two thousand dollars to a nick jackson through in 500 uh a lot of anonymous people have been donating to it so hopefully i'm going to link it out to try to help as much as we can to help this guy get money because he's probably going to be going through a shit ton of surgeries uh that being said it wouldn't be talk brunch if we didn't read comments yeah (laughs) again we are satire we wish this man the best i will be praying for him we read comments on this show now 
wrestling fans can be fucked up. I'm going to read some of these comments. You guys can decide how you feel. Um, Adam John. Adam John on YouTube. These are some YouTube comments. They put 2020 in interpretive dance. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Destiny laughed too easily. We're not even down the rabbit hole yet. Um, K Boogie 44 put shouldn't have skipped leg day. Um, Nocturnal Dread put somewhere in a retirement home far, far away. Kevin Nash felt the twinge in his quad. God, no. Oh, God. Graham 25 put that guy clearly turned his back on the wolf pack. <laughs> that one almost got me. <laughs> I'm so sorry to whoever this guy is, but these are incredible. It said, "Don't turn your back to the wolf pack." As he jumped, get it? That hurt. That hurt. All right. Curly three eighty said, "Known for his finishing move, the double knee buster." Unfortunately, he hasn't tried it on anybody other than himself. Okay, that one was just kind of lazy. David, note to all future backyard wrestlers: never walk out to Kevin Nash's music, and then the, someone else, Papa Chewy, follows it up. But you might wind up in a body bag. Oh my god. Then someone named Michael Robert put, what about the rest of the match? Did he win? Oh. Johnson Mojica. It's a handicap match now. Oh, my God. Dero Master. He should change his wrestling name to ATST. For anyone who's not into Star Wars, those those walkers, the legs. Oh, shit. Frank Conquest Jr. Don't turn your back on an ice pack. Oh, my God. Floral Axis Sun Brawl. Is it my imagination or does he look like Woody from Toy Story when he flops on the floor? No, 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 no. Hubert, that move is called the Mantis. Luke Luke himself broke his ACL, PCL, ATV, VCR, CBT, (laughs) MT, fee. Vinster, ultimate tribute to Kevin Nash, both quad tear. And AJ2000, because I can't do any more of these. His legs did a whole WWE 2K20 glitch. Oh my fucking God. So that is, look, in all seriousness, I feel bad for the guy. The internet, look, these are wrestling fans, man. This is the kind of shit that's going to happen. But man. Seriously, he'll look, he'll look back guy. years from now when he's when he's healed and hopefully laugh. Yeah, but seriously, to this guy, get well soon. They said he's in good spirits, so maybe he'll take these. Hey, they're not my jokes. I'm just reading. Yeah, it, you know what the bad part is. Sometimes though, when it gets a depressing ass story like this, you, I, I feel like almost instinctively I was looking for something to laugh at. And that, f- fucking fucking Ashley, what the French fries? You know what? I'm writing that shit down. What the French fries? Because she's done it. T- <laughs> One more time, just to see if we could figure out what caused this fucking tragedy. Jesus Christ! So, the only thing I can think is something about the way his feet hit. Did you because hear the girl in the crowd, by the way, that was like, when she was on the top-turn buckle, she was like, yay! Then when he hit the ground, she was like, ah, Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she was disappointed, like, like, it was part of the show. It looked like he landed more heels first, 
and maybe just his foot didn't just come. It also, yeah, George, maybe um, can be yeah, uh, way top, too top heavy. Well, you but, can't be top heavy and hit the ground like that. And it's a wooden ring too. But also the fact that like it looked like he landed more heels first than like flat on his feet or the ball of his foot. So it's like maybe something about that angle just the rest of his leg just didn't line up and it was just yeah harsh stuff look we f- yeah, i well, really so. hope this guy feels better and then goes to a proper wrestling school because it's good that he's in, he's in good spirits though because that's yeah, the stuff. stretching that and yes. all kinds of training involved in this shit people think that you literally just go flying off of that now like they should show it out on the don't try this at home commercial you know? god you know how many people wouldn't try that at home now so uh in other news black sabbath the metal band is celebrating 50 years i feel old as hell now 50 year anniversary and not even of their existence of their paranoid record so this is one of their records so if you black sabbath 50 years old apparently they they, triple h received a special gift from them i don't know what this is um i'm gonna put it up on the screen and we're gonna find out how cool it is that black sabbath sent you this gift it's the 50th anniversary yeah so look um the fact that Ozzy, Tony, the, all of them, just they, they sent me this for me as as a a kid growing up. Um, Black Sabbath was probably one of the most influential bands um, for me. Like, the, the, the the two albums that I ever got in my life first were this Black Sabbath Paranoid album and uh, Kiss Double Platinum and so that tells you I think that came out 78 this came out 70 so by then it was you know seven eight years old came out 71 this did in the US so um, seven years old maybe but it very quickly for me the, the, the first Sabbath song I ever heard was Iron Man. And for whatever reason, that song just resonated with me. Like, I remember hearing a, fr- a friend play it and just being like, what is that? And then I have to have it. And um, getting this album shortly thereafter. So I was probably seven, eight years old. Um, so the fact that Sabbath sent this to me is mind-blowing, first of all, because this is my youth. And realistically, when you look at it and you say, well, there's Black Sabbath and then sort of the the genre of music that spun out of that was everything that my life would evolve through. So there's not a band that probably I listen to or that motivates me or that is the soundtrack to my life that wasn't if you ask them, like, what was your inspiration? What did you, what got you there? Uh, that probably don't add Black Sabbath in there at the very top of their list as to, you know, what they would, uh, what they were inspired on by how they would come to where they are. So the fact that they sent this to me is a mind blower. What is it that was sent? Oh, now we get to the thing. This one's losing interest. So what I is it? Is it the book? Opening it up. I feel like I should keep it in the plastic wrap. I guess it's some sort of a. Uh... I love these, um, you know, these these box sets to me are just... That's a box set of their, of their albums. Standpoint, that's the amount of stuff cool. that's in them, they're just awesome. And, and 
something like this in an album. All right, why share so the whole thing for you guys? Because we don't have, obviously, we have tons of stories to go through tonight. Don't forget, we have a voting poll coming up for the AEW pay-per-view that is this Saturday, so I can't stick with this too long. Um, the WWE Thunderdome. Apparently, there's been some leaked images of the Thunderdome. I don't know if you guys have heard about that, but... uh. I'm going to let you see this video so that you can see where the leaked images have come from. And then we're going to talk about exactly what the leaked images are. This is a video that was promoted of Thunderdome virtual fans. Welcome to WWE's Thunderdome. It's a group that calls itself retribution. I'll is not used to dealing with some of the caliber of style. So you see, I'm going to go back a little bit here. Hold on. See, see, this is how this is. These are the controls to the Thunderdome. You always wondered when they have the boxes with all the people's heads now, how exactly do they determine who's in the Thunderdome? They, they have a system here, as you can see with these two screens. This is what is determining going back a little bit here. This is what is determining who appears when you're on seeing the Smackdown Thunderdome jumping back a little bit. So they're deciding all the people who are online that are going to be the virtual audience here. So, just wanted to point out to you. We don't think we need their audio for the rest of this. So, so this video came out of the Thunderdome. This is essentially taking you into the production truck, showing how they choose the audience members that are going to be displayed within the crowd. I think it's really cool. As someone who's doing content on a much smaller scale, uh, just seeing stuff like this, like, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, that is dope. Now, the thing about this is, as a result of this video being released... It also leaked the band image list. Apparently, as you guys know, when the Thunderdome first came out, they started, people started putting things that didn't belong up there, like evil people, murderers, Charles Manson. They put their face on the fucking thing and it would accidentally appear in the Thunderdome. Uh, I think OJ Simpson, some, you know, Chris Benoit, things like that. So now they created a virtual fans list where it's banned people. It's a list of people who are not allowed, images that are not allowed to be displayed in the Thunderdome. So we have the list here. This is the shot that the list came from. You see on the right side there? That is a banned list of images that have showed up in the Thunderdome before. And uh, stuff like AEW or Impact Wrestling, certain people from other wrestling companies, murderers, serial killers, things that people, they got onto the Thunderdome screen and then to be dicks, they showed something that wasn't them. So now we have a banned image list. Uh, the interesting thing about the, uh, the banned image list is that the Young Bucks from AEW Wrestling are on the list because obviously people being being dicks have put the young bucks up here before so when you're watching smackdown you're seeing wrestlers from another company so uh the young bucks discovered this they found out that they were on wwe's banned list i mean competition and all and they took advantage of that and now at prowrestlingtees.com you can buy your own banned young buck shirt <laughs> Where they took the images of themselves being banned by WWE, put it on a t-shirt, and wrote the word banned on it. Fuck it, we gonna make some money off this shit. So they're gonna make money off of being banned by WWE's production truck now. It goes to show there's always cash to be made somewhere, right? Especially if you're the Young Bucks. Especially if you actually get to keep it. Yeah, so, uh, 
But yeah, that's the, that's how the Thunderdome works. They're getting, you know, this is all new technology. Remember, before this COVID shit, we were able to have real fans and uh, you didn't have to think about what kind of weird things people put on the screen. But they're getting it. They're, they're starting to understand. I don't know if there's a virtual way to ban it, if there's like a filter or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what they did. Uh, what's happening with Carl Anderson? You know anything about that? Let's talk about that. I'm a little bit confused. Oh, here. I man. gathered as much of the news in the program as I could. Um it looks to me like Carl Anderson's wife, and this is me speculating based on the amount of stories that have come out. It looks to me like Carl Anderson's wife at some point got a hold of his phone. And uh, maybe there was some tomfoolery going on between him and someone else. Maybe it was just text flirting, maybe nudes. Who knows what it was? But uh, she tweeted out. First of all, can I get the image that she she put on Instagram of this guy? Um when I saw this, I had no idea what was going on. You okay. know what's so bad? When I first saw this image, is going to pop up. So this is the image she did. Apparently, she did this to Carl Anderson when he was asleep. There he is asleep, and she wrote cheater all over his forehead. She wrote cheater across his chest. She wrote cheater across the side of his face. Looking at this Asshole image, if I had to speculate, I would say that she thinks that her husband is a cheater. He has to sleep really deep, though, right? Like think about that's how what much. I'm saying. Like look at that. That's a you know lot what the of, funny thing about it is though. You know what? When, yeah, go when ahead. I, I was gonna say when I first saw this image, and keep in mind this, this was without me. Uh, I didn't even read what was written on her. Um, I thought she was just pranking him to get back at him for that time. He scared the shit out of her in that car. And then I look at the words and I was like, oh no, he no, she's not. Oh, so no, she calls but him a cheater. Is out. Yeah, there is a man who. Uh, who has a wife who feels scorned. You don't just do something like that just out of the blue. Oh, you definitely do not. Look at him. Sleep like a baby. So, uh, yeah, his wife is, is is highly scorned, and she called him a cheater. And uh, let me see what, what the other things are here. She also wrote asshole on him, for anyone who didn't catch that there. And he tweeted out, and he said that he will, he said, yo, if you liked or commented on that pic she posted without knowing the story, you're out of my life. End of story. Talk when I can, guys. Nothing but love. So if you're interacting with that post and you're his friend or or fellow wrestler, he's pissed off. Um, And uh, then she she, uh, tweeted out, cheating doesn't start with sex. It starts with sneaky conversations. I'm just giving you all of the facts and the information as I as I get it. And then she tweeted again and she said, cheating doesn't mean you have to kiss, meet or have sex with someone else. Once you find yourself deleting messages so your partner will not see them, then you're already there. This is his wife writing all this shit on social media after she scribbled cheating all over his, his unconscious body. Um, then she wound up deleting all of that, which doesn't work. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here talking about it now, would we? Um <laughs> Then she, uh, some, one of her followers told her that if she decides that she wants to delete this, don't. That at the very least, archive it so that she'll remember this day one or two years from now and she'll be in a better place and she can look back at this in the end and he'll end up being nothing more than a lesson. That sounds like someone who's been cheating on giving her advice, if you ask me. Uh, and she said, for now, do not allow strangers to tell you how to react or cope when you're the one who was deceived. And uh, so I guess that's the, the heat that's going on there. And then apparently he texted her because I guess he wasn't home when she first released all this information. And he texted her and said, why? Why you got to get so dirty? And he texted, I guess maybe she didn't respond. And he texted her again and was like, slut. And then uh, 
And she shared that screenshot out, which is how we know that he said these things, saying, not only after getting caught being unfaithful, you call your wife a mother of your four kids a slut. You're fake as hell. The life I've dealt with all these years, my kids are huge sacrifices of my own happiness. Thought I could live through it, but I need to reevaluate my life. So, uh, oof. Got ugly quick. This did get ugly really quick, huh? And then uh, she sent out another Instagram after this saying, I got my point across. So, uh, yeah, I guess she did. I mean, she definitely did get her point across on our side. And then some. But then again, at the same time, she did say that cheating doesn't have to be when you meet someone. So she could have just found flirtatious text and she's like one of those possessive wives. Yeah, because one thing I've noticed with uh, varying people where I guess that line is. In some cases, with different people, that lines at different places. Like some people can be like, "Oh, they're just talking," and then some people could be like, "Oh, when you're talking, there's that shows the intent there." So she's definitely one of those ones where it's like the fact that you're deleting messages so you don't, so I won't know y'all talked. And they discovered them. I, yeah, she's definitely that's like she. It's like you you see you see it coming, so it's just like you no point in waiting for it to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of sucks. I know every every relationship is different, so I'm not really gonna voice my opinion here. But uh, yeah, you know, if if that's cool with him, if he's cool with having a, a wife that possessive, but in my opinion, there are some things. And I, right after I said I wasn't gonna give my opinion of every fucking next time, in my opinion, in my opinion, <laughs> there are some things that are worse than death. You know, and I couldn't have somebody being possessive of me to that extent, like. I get that there are relationships like that, but I'm just saying for my personal psychology, I mean, we're talking about mental health. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the follow, Sir K. Faye. Welcome to the chat room. Uh, but yeah, in my personal opinion, uh, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff, without needing to take a mental health day or anything like that, I think part of what keeps you consistently sane is not having a partner that's crazy or possessive or controlling or tells you what to do or where to be or what time or any of that other kind of shit. Or will put your shit out on social media like that at the, at, the, at a gunshot. She, she's pointing out that she's had has four kids with him, but... uh. I mean, she should, like, probably listen back to her own words because, yeah, you just released a bunch of dirt on your husband, you know, that you have four kids with in a fit of anger. You don't want to have an emotional response to anger. And you never, and this is advice for everybody, wrestling or otherwise, you never want to put your shit on social media. The only kind of people, there are only two kinds of people who want to hear your problems on social media. One are people who don't give a fuck and two are people who, who enjoy that you're going through it nothing positive out of having a problem in your relationship and going on social media and putting that shit out there it doesn't work it's not fucking healthy you know actually correct you there's three those who don't give a fuck those who just want to watch the drama or those who want to fuck (laughs) okay well there you go got three then that's what i'm saying (laughs) four kids later you should not be trigger happy about putting your shit out there like that so that's uncomfortable you know and obviously i hope that they work it out but uh there there shouldn't be as much disclosure in in social media as there is nowadays people will go on there all the time and they'll expose their own bullshit be careful about that guys yeah really doesn't make any sense yeah i mean the one thing i can the one thing i can understand coming from her point of view as somebody who's been cheated on before if maybe if it's happened to her in the past that does put you in a different kind of mental state because you've been down that road before. So if you start, start maybe seeing the similar the similar signs, 
it'll almost kind of like drudge up, it'll like reopen old wounds and kind of drudge up old memories. Now, of course, obviously, not saying you blast your shit on social media, like, no, you keep that to yourself. But the reaction to an extent, I wouldn't, I, I will never be that dramatic, dear God, no. But sometimes with the reaction of just flying off the handle, sometimes I can understand it just because, especially how many times it's ever happened to you, but. But it doesn't yeah, even sound like it was cheating. It sounds like she just found a text message or something. And yeah, from yeah, her own admittance, like you know, like that's over the top to release all that shit. And maybe he shouldn't have called her a slut. That's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah de- definitely. The one thing I can't even get behind is just blasting all your stuff on social media. That's way too crazy because social media is a like, dangerous place for that kind of information. Yeah. Well, I hope that that works itself out. And, uh, you know, that's about it there. Yeah, that's all you can do. Yeah, tell me about it. All right, well, in a bit of good news that you never thought you would hear involving this company, it sounds like WWE, at least according to their conference call, have decided that they're hoping to be able to bring back uh, all of the furloughed employees by the end of the year. As you guys know, a lot of the people, the managers, a lot of the backstage office people have been released because of COVID, you know, so they weren't really needed anymore. They have a plan to bring them all back by the end of the year, which that's the good news. But the bad news is that, unfortunately, WWE, yet again, this is maybe the third time, falls into this category of oblivious people who, for some reason, think that we're out of this shit. Because while they're saying that they're going to bring everybody back at the end of the year, the Wrestling Observer is reporting that uh, there have been more COVID-positive results at the Performance Center. So... And again, I've said this many times here before. There's no way for us to know when shit's going to get back to normal until you hear that there are no more new positive results coming in anywhere. But that's not what's happening here. And I know WWE's taking precautions, but they're also not listening. There's no way to determine anything going back to normal when we're at a situation where people in the fucking performance center that you're at right now saying this from are sick around you. You know, so apparently the person who was infected was a coach that was there on October 23rd and everyone um, who was coached by that person had to quarantine for two weeks. And uh, there were some other positive, but they were people that were new to the system. Um, so yeah, it was mainly one of the, di- uh, Dave Meltzer, I believe this Meltzer. Yeah. Meltzer said that he got the gist that one of the coaches was diagnosed with COVID. So everyone that had trained in the gym that Friday was told to quarantine for two weeks, whether they trained or not. And then most of the TV people weren't there and they were told that none of the TV people have tested positive. So that's good. It was an isolated incident here, but the point is those are still popping up. There's no reason for people to believe that things like this are not happening. You know, so stick to doing the things that matter. Most importantly, wear a fucking mask. It does work. As a New Yorker, I can say where the curve became 100% flat versus other places that are still struggling, the only thing we did was wear a mask, you know, and stay away from each other. But they're getting a little bit too oblivious to things that are going on. Like Vince McMahon, he said a few things at this at this meeting uh, that really got me concerned. Like, he said a few things in regards to, uh, he said that when you look at the television ratings, this was how he addressed the television ratings with investors. He's quoted as saying, when you look at television ratings, that's what they are. With us, it's one of the many measurements. When you look at total and when you get into YouTube, et cetera, we have, f- we have far more fans now than we've ever had. When you look at television ratings, it is what it is. Not to say that we don't want to increase them. Of course we do. Aside from that, our total audience is much larger. So you can't just hang on your hat on ratings or down without question. We have... We have 
have to have a mothership and we do with Raw and SmackDown and from there clips and comments and other videos take it to the next week or the next year we're never off the air it's fine to say ratings are down I wanted to give you a bit of, a, of color in terms of overall viewpoints so this was Vince's quote right and then another thing he went on to say was that there's like a new energy a new light in WWE but I'm starting to feel that the old man's just hallucinating because uh, nothing really <laughs> seems this, this goes back to the COVID thing where it's kind of like we're, we're going to fill up everybody and bring back all the furloughs everyone's going to be back in the seats by the end of the year I'm not sure and I don't think that things are great and I don't think that you can say what they're basically saying in this statement to the investors is, yeah, our TV ratings on Raw and SmackDown may be down, but people do look at us and hit us up on Facebook and on, and on YouTube, and they hit us up on Twitter a lot, and we have a lot of likes. That's not how you measure success. They're a big billion-dollar fucking company. You think that they don't realize that that's what they're saying? That's not how things work at all. There are shows that get way higher ratings than WWE does primetime shows and those shows also do have followers and likes and tweets and youtube and all that other shit and they don't count that into their success like wwe is almost trying to make it sound like their low ratings are being adhered to by having all this other stuff you're gonna tell that to fox like hey you know our ratings may be low boy lot but but look at how many fucking instagram followers we have they don't give a shit about that you know but that was just basically pillow talk right there but vince is in denial about a lot of things that are coming out and that's become quite obvious Quite obvious. What else do we got to talk about on here? Because we got to rush. We still got to do our freaking poll. Braun Strowman. Did you hear about Braun Strowman? He put up a tweet. This isn't even really news. I just thought this was interesting because I hadn't even really noticed it myself. But Braun Strowman showed like a before and after of like his physical transformation. Have you seen this? I have not. Look at the old Braun Strowman from the Wyatt family. And look at the current Braun Strowman. I don't remember being that fat. You don't remember this? I remember that Strowman. You know what it is? I just don't remember. I just don't remember the gut. Yo, one of those Strowmans looks like he could punch through a wall, right? Like, how could, how is that guy not used as a top talent? I mean, I know he just came off a world title, quote unquote, run, but look at this man. What the? That guy, that looks like a guy who should have every title twice right now. He really should. Like, that looks like a guy where you have him win every championship and then make another replica and have him win every championship. Because he sucks. He's not Lashley, but no. But, I always felt like, like that Braun Strowman with the right uh, momentum could have done things. They, they kill his own momentum several times. The problem with it is, is like with all those like make-believe championship runs. Remember he won the fucking greatest Royal Rumble thing? They gave him so many make-believe accomplishments. By the time he got a real one, nobody cared. That's half of it. Like, for me, by the time he got to that Universal Championship run, I didn't even give a shit anymore. Because I was so used to him being freaking tag team champions with fucking Nicholas. Freaking winning tag titles with guys he was actually feuding with. So those lasted all over like a week. So by the time they got to this universal title run, it was just like, oh, well, I guess this is going to end weird, too. But yeah, like there's no reason in the world that should not be the man right now. Yeah. But then again, look at what company we're talking about. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. He's, he's quoted saying, wow, is all I can say. A fan put these two photos together. The one on the left is me when I debuted on the main roster. And the one on the right is me five years later, about three weeks ago. I'm even leaner now. Life is yours to make what you want of it. Fall in love with the gym more and more every day. It's been the one true constant in my life for almost two decades. Uh, health, uh, a healthier you is a happier you. Set goals and crush them. Hashtag transformation. Hashtag, hashtag transformation Tuesday. Hashtag motivation. Blah, 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 blah. A bunch of hashtags. Good for him. Yeah, good on him. Excellent shape, and I hope that they start to do something with the damn guy, you know? 
God, at this point, what could they even do? Anything, anything. Just something, for God's sakes. Yeah. It's just, it, you know what the bad part is? Like, I, I'm right there with you, but it's like, is it almost too late? Like, that's the part that's bumming me out with Roman. Like, I almost feel like even if they try to do something, like, who's going to care anymore? They flopped with him so many times. Like, like if I keep reaching to the stove and keep getting burned, eventually I'm not reaching to the stove anymore. Like, yeah. And it's unfortunate for him because the dude is like, you let the guy cut loose. He's fantastic, but it. Uh, I know. I know what you mean. All right. Well, we do have to talk about some of the weeklies that are uh, going on, which I think we're going to start with Halloween Havoc. Uh, for the first it, time in 20 years, not. there was a Halloween Havoc show, not even a pay per view. It was just used as a show. Uh, it was actually pretty interesting. I thought it was, it was rather entertaining. It was, yeah, it was a hell of a show. So uh, let's have a look here. So we started with the Devil's Playground match, which was Gargano versus Damian Priest. Which is, in a sense, basically a Halloween themed, no, no holds barred match with Falls Count anywhere. Mm hmm. Very interesting and very well done. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts? First, on first of all, this? Shotzi made a great host. She was she was entertaining. Yeah, she was good. But, uh, the hosting did play itself out. Yeah, but yeah, this match was God. I like that they got physical right away. Like they wasted no time with this one. Like it wasn't like that little warm up, nothing like that. They immediately started going for the toys. I think uh, Johnny got a candlestick first, and then freaking Priest found a nightstick of all things. Yeah, yeah they, they, was, fought, this, they fought all over the place. This was pretty cool. This was pretty cool. They had Gargano hitting sliced bread on Priest look good. Um, landing landing him on the steel steps, I thought was pretty dope. Um, you know, the whole fight on the outside, on the ring side, the whole casket thing that was happening with the skeleton popping yeah. out and scaring the shit out of him and him hitting the skeleton. Everything was uh, everything was very solid here. And then I, I get, love uh, Gargano hitting that tornado DDT and using the wheel to kickstep himself. Yeah, that was cool. He, he finds so many interesting variations of that. I thought it was very solid. Yeah. I've uh, seen him use people, walls, everything. Yeah. So uh, the finish to this was uh, Gargano actually goes over winning the title from Priest. Uh, and what essentially winds up happening is someone appears in a scream mask. And they hand him um, a tombstone and then he winds up hitting Priest over the head. Yeah, and Priest uh, falls through some kind of a uh, platform or something. Yeah, and then he pins him for three. Now, apparently, this is what's going around. The person who was in the scream mask was supposed to be that that girl. What was her name again? Yeah, uh, Indy Hartwell, I believe. Indy Hartwell, the, the big supporter of the Garganos. But she's rumored to be the one person that had to be sent home for 14 days. So they had to put someone else there as a stand-in, and they couldn't reveal who this person was because it wasn't her. At least that's what's going around. But it was meant to be her. Yeah, because that was that was my exact thought. I was like, "Oh shit, Indy's here again." But but they didn't the reveal it off, so because be she's the one person who's missing. The rumor was one person had to go, and one person wasn't there. If you really had to do process of elimination, if there's any speculation that changes that, I'll let you know. Uh, so then we had a segment with Pat McAfee, Oni Larkin, and Danny Birch, right? Without coming, yeah. Kyle O'Reilly. And for some weird reason, completely out of character of Kyle O'Reilly, he brings some help with him, and the help comes in the name of Pete Dunne. You know, Pete... from from where I was looking at it, it seemed like he didn't expect for Dunne to be there. Yeah, I don't know. At least, maybe, the... that, at least maybe that was only me judging the reaction, because um, Dunne gets up on the apron with 
uh, with Kyle and he hands up a chair and Kyle had this look as if he didn't expect for um, Dunn to want to align himself with him. Yeah, but he also came out with him. You know, like their music hit, they walked down the ramp together. It was really weird. Oh, no, no, they'd walk out together. Dunn came out last. All right, well. Yeah, that's, maybe that was just me saying it, but yeah, like uh, Kyle came out and then as he, I think he got up to the apron and then Dunn's music queued up. Yeah, and so then there's the trick here because Pete Dunn's actually not with Kyle O'Reilly. Big swerve here. He's actually with Pat McAfee, Oni Larkin, and Danny Burt. So, I mean, I guess this is a new stable that's being formed here with these guys. Yeah, that's a dangerous little combination right there. Yeah, it's crazy. So, Pat McAfee, not Rich Rich Highland, Pat McAfee actually has his own little group here. And, uh, yeah, it, it it looks interesting. I wasn't expecting this to come out of it. So clearly they're keeping the Undisputed Era together. As much as people were speculating that they were going to all be splitting up, they have another set of four guys now for them to fight. Right. And you know what this is going to be for, right? This has become quite obvious. If you look at this, this entire thing is already being spelled out for you guys. Is there a takeover Survivor Series weekend? That much, I'm not sure. There There's might probably be. a takeover Survivor Series weekend. That's Saturday. And that takeover, their Survivor Series match is going to be the four undisputed guys versus these four dudes. Does it make the most sense? Yeah. yeah four on four. It, it most definitely does. Now, we just have to hope that they see that makes the most sense. That must be what they're doing. They couldn't have fallen into this. <laughs> We've seen them do it before. We'll see. That's the part we'll that see. makes me sad. Santos yeah, Escobar. I like, this, I like this combination. Yeah. Santos Escobar goes over Jake Atlas. Um, they have this whole thing with, with Trevor Lee. Look, too much of this Trevor Lee being scared by Dexter Loomis shit, like Dexter's and the trees and, you know, like, uh, like, was there a zombie ref here? Like, this is a little too Halloween. The ref himself was a zombie. And then there was like a witch in the shower. Was, was Cameron Grimes about to fuck Dexter Loomis's witch sister? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> you know, there were zombies coming out of graves and shit. Like, how, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it was just weird. It was just really because weird. Eventually, like they did, a, they did a bit where Grimes ran from the haunted house all the way back to um to the CWC, and they get in the ring. And I love how I can, it might have been fucking Vic Joseph. He hit this one line; and it killed me. This motherfucker said, "Zombies are legal." Yeah, and everyone, it was just a weird a weird vibe when you put actual zombies and witches and shit like that in the in the story. They they always have to do a little cinematic thing now that we're in the middle of this whole thing or whatever. Um, Raquel Gonzalez faces Ray Ripley with the finish being Ray Ripley hits the riptide going over. Strangely enough, Raquel Gonzalez gets most of the offense in. Um, you know, there was some good sequences here. Gonzalez catches Ripley out of a cannonball to the outside and slams her against the fence and then power bombs her on the outside. I thought that looked solid. Um, she had her in a, in a variation of the gory special where she like grabbed both arms instead of the neck. I forget what that's called. Um, yeah, I've seen, I don't see too many, I don't see that move too often, but yeah, so that one, that was actually God, that looked horrible. Yeah, Gonzalez with the pin, with the spinning power slam, I thought looked really good. Um, that that belly to back off the top looked a little rough though. Their heads almost collided when she came down. Uh, you know that was. Yeah, I, I think I saw Rhea kind of tuck at the last minute to make sure she landed at least on her upper shoulders. Yeah, good for her. There was some shitty. Just when you think it couldn't get hokey enough, though, you had Shockmaster and Hogan and Yeti, um, quote unquote, <sighs> costume cameos. Who who are the people disguised as these guys again? I don't even remember uh, who was in the costume. Drake Maverick was Hogan, mm-hmm. which I mean, decent Hogan impression. Um, God, I can't remember who the fucking other guys were, but I know that Killian Dane was Shockmaster. Yeah, yeah, Killian Dane was was Shockmaster. Maver- um, yeah, and Drake I guess that Maverick was it. Drake Maverick was Hogan. Yeah, fair enough. Good enough. 
But uh, yeah, then the Cameron Grime thing is still happening where like he's appearing behind him and then uh, Dexter Loomis finally gets him and he, he um, brings him into the ring and then um, he gets him with a bulldog and uh, basically Loomis winds up uh, knocking him down. He hits him with a spine buster and he leaves him in the ring and then all these zombies like wind up rising out of the ground and they're just like consuming him and then the commentary's acting like this shit happens every day and they're like, oh, Dexter Loomis seems really, really comfortable here and it's like you guys seem really comfortable here right i've been going i got rain right now like what is going on here i see zombies out under the ring i peace out yeah and then a whole bunch of and then and then uh i don't know there was a bunch of zombie shit winds up happening here go back and watch it hashtag zombie shit dexter loomis goes over chokes him out with a win uh what else do we get what else happened in this uh i think yeah i believe the last thing was actually the main event yeah, which was uh, Io Shirai against Candice LeRae with a spin the wheel, make a deal for the NXT Women's Championship. Yeah, tables, ladders, and scares match. Mm-hmm. And uh, Io Shirai winds up going over here. Um, Candice takes a really nasty bump. She tips over the ladder uh, that Candice is standing on, and she goes through the ladders on the outside, and then Io then climbs the ladder and grabs the title. It looked like, I don't know if you saw it too, but it looked like when Candace hit that ladder, it was like all tailbone. Yeah, that was rough. Like that did not look fun. It wasn't any injury, so the bump must have gone as planned. But yeah, that was a crazy bump to take. You know? Yeah, I do like that uh, EO did what she's actually done before, and she had Poppy uh, sing her out to the ring. Did they throw up the X at the end, George? George and Chess says they threw up the X at the end. I don't remember seeing that. Like, it could have happened, and I could have missed it. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I, didn't see, I didn't see an X, but... I'll be crazy. It might have been one of those things where like you can't where you like you catch it briefly, but Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, th- this match was absolutely all over the place. Um one thing I love that um that EO did, she basically did a uh, a dragon screw, but put Candace's leg in a chair. Yeah. That yeah, was that really was creative because I didn't realize what she was doing until she actually spun the move out. Yeah, this was, you know what, they did good for Halloween Havoc. I don't appreciate the zombies and all that other shit that they're doing. I get that it's in the spirit of Halloween. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the Indy Hartwell revelation didn't go as planned, possibly due to what was happening with COVID. So there's a bunch of little things there. Um, it did good. I think it could be a little bit less hokey. That's something that I would have appreciated, just a little bit more focused on matches. And although the matches were good, it was distracting to have zombies and shit. Yeah, that was that was unneeded. All right, well, that moves us on to the other side of the Wednesday Night War with AEW. Dynamite. Um, yeah, and uh, just a couple of footnotes, because, again, I don't want to run through everything here. We got We have to go into the predictions of uh, of the pay-per-view. But Sammy Guevara, uh, he's very aggressive towards MJF. They never really give a reason, though. You know, like I think the, what it is is that um, it seems like this is at least what I've been gathering for the past maybe few weeks they've been doing this. Because we noticed that Jericho's the only one of the inner circle that actually uh is friendly in any way towards MJF. I but, think something something about that seems to be rubbing the rest of them the wrong way. But you know what it is? Um, a tough Sammy Guevara doesn't work. I agree with MJF when he said in his promo, he said, I have a note for you on your promos. Don't. That's a great note. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like I said, you know, I don't, I just don't like the 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 tough version of him. First match of the night was Adam Hangman Page versus Wardlow with uh Wardlow being being jobbed out to the Buckshot Lariat. Double Two Buckshot Lariat for the win rather. Uh 
commentary mentioned that Bunny returned after making making out maxing out QT Marshall's credit cards, making him look even shittier. Just in case you weren't completely over QT Marshall, they just had to squeeze. And by the way, the Bunny went right back after spending the guy's money. What a shitty angle! That's the only thing that ever came of it. Um. Matt Seidel, what's the what's this pointing to his forehead shit that Matt Seidel's doing? Did I miss okay, something? Okay, so this um this was actually it's kind of funny. I I can't believe he actually stuck with this. But Matt Seidel, when he was the whole time he was in TNA, he was doing this whole thing about I don't know if you ever heard people mention um seeing with your third eye. It's yes. like a spiritual type thing. Right. So he's pointing to his third eye. That's what he's doing when he's walking to the ring. Yeah, that that's basically what um he's continu- I guess he's continuing that bit from TNA. <laughs> But it's a, it's like um I can't remember the exact um reasoning behind it, but it's a spiritual type thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. It's like when I saw him point to his forehead, I was like, oh, he's still doing that. But hey, no more. I don't know what what the hell it was in, in context to. You know, he expected yeah. everybody else to know it. Like we were all supposed to be like, oh, but only you. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't watch Impact or you don't know about the whole third eye thing, you had no clue. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what? Eddie Kingston choked his ass out. Using 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 Moxley's choke. I bet his third eye didn't see that shit coming. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. That was awesome. I never thought about that. His third <laughs> eye didn't see that coming. That might be the line of the episode. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't enlightened that much. No, no. We get an interview with the young bucks where they make a very big announcement. At full gear, we're putting it all on the line. If we don't successfully win the AEW Tag Team titles, we will never, ever challenge for the titles ever again. Look at that. They did the Cody Rhodes thing. If they don't win the titles, they can never challenge again. They don't have to make AEW. I don't like Cody. We'll have to make AEW TNT tag titles. Oh, (laughs) I'm so glad you said it because I thought the same thing when I heard it. And they could fight, what's his name, Uno and Dos for him. Oh, you fucker. Uh, Does Excalibur in in a mask ignore you? I know that he wore a mask when he wrestled, but does Excalibur being a commentator and an interviewer in a mask annoy you? You know, the only reason it doesn't really is because I remember watching uh, what what, what, um, Carino called himself in ROH, uh, Mr. Wrestling 3. Right. So I think what it is because when, when he used to do it, it was funny. So I think the only reason it doesn't bother me is because it's not like it's the first time I've seen it. If it was okay. the first time I see it, it probably would bug me way more. Right. It's more. It's more odd to me, I guess. All right. Well, there is a town hall meeting where Eric Bischoff is even at this town hall meeting where it's all everybody's gathering, all of the inner circle members to determine whether or not they are going to allow MJF to become a member of the inner circle. But instead of this happening, Chris Jericho tells MJF that if he beats him. At AEW Full Gear, he can then join the inner circle. And it was interesting because Ortiz uh, was challenging with uh, with um, MJF and Wardload, but without Santana. It was like it was like uh, Ortiz and Guevara, right? Yeah, they were. I guess they were gonna mix up some kind of a different teaming with it. It almost seems like one of the one of the proud and powerful guys is is okay with this, and the other one isn't. Was the point I'm making? I forget yeah, which it, one yeah, went with him. They split, you know what I mean? Like the opinion yeah, here is yeah. split. I actually I noticed that too because I know the last time somebody spoke up about it, you didn't hear Santana, but you heard Ortiz. Right, right, exactly. So that's what I mean. Yeah, it like was it actually seems... it was the week before the dinner. 
yeah so there might be something going on there we'll have to see what happens with that uh you have cody Rhodes versus uh orange cassidy which i have to say was the friendliest lumberjack match in history the only thing that the best friends did was drop cody on the outside like really at the end these guys were very very cooperative lumberjacks um cody does get the crowd dive spot with the superplex onto cassidy um john silver winds up hitting cassidy with a pump kick cody goes over uh i don't think that we should ever have lumberjacks this friendly again yeah the whole the whole thing that i always used to make the lumberjack match fun was that you knew especially if you looked around the ring you knew there were certain places where okay if this guy goes around this side he is fucked yeah Miro and Kip beat up the best friends some more because of Alan, the arcade machine. They're still angry that this arcade machine got destroyed. And first they act like they forgive him, but it's just to attack them again because they're really salty about this arcade machine. They do not make a good enough wrestler salary to be buying arcade machines left and right. But at the same time, I guess they do make good enough salaries that they can take these arcade cabinets and transport them to different arenas and keep them around in the back. So I don't know. Get you your own personal U-Haul. Serena Deeb defeated Thunder Rosa to become the first, well, not the first, but to become the NWA Women's Champion. And uh, this was something that I'm bringing up because of the simple fact that now you have Thunder Rosa being speculated to possibly be going to AEW or WWE or one of these other brands. And uh, we have Serena Deeb who seems to be getting an AEW push. Oh, this thing's for the people. Then they have some kind of working relationship with NWA too, so... Yeah, but we have to see exactly what's happening as far as that kind of stuff goes. Where do you think she should go? Uh, I mean, according to uh, Billy Corgan, he's saying that she's still under contract until 2022 or something like that. Yet she's acting like she isn't, so I'm not exactly sure uh, what's going on. You know, there's all kinds of speculation with her. Um, WWE is highly interested, though. I don't know what they would do with someone like that right now, though. But uh, yeah, so- see, the problem, I, I wouldn't want her to go there just because, remember the last time we talked about them having interest in um, her she mentioned that they wanted her to be a ref yeah well that would suck that's a shitty idea don't do it um so serena deep now the new nwa women's champion defends the title against layla hirsch i believe is how you say her name which it's a shame yes. that you have such prestigious titles uh you know with the nwa and everything and you just kind of have to throw somebody up there as the number one contender like i don't know who this was that being said she did do really good She's pretty good. I want I to believe see more she's actually from NWA Power. Oh, is she? Well, she looks good. She looks experienced. I do like her. I just wish that there was good more job. of a backstory there. Uh, Sean Spears squashes that VSK dude. I have no idea what was the point of them having this match. Just something for Sean Spears to do. Nothing to, for uh, no favor for the VSK guy. Yeah, I guess it's kind of get Spears back in the mix because he's yeah. been off Dynamite for a while. Yeah, he goes over him immediately with the C4. Um, Omega has his match. Kenny Omega has a match against Pentagon El El Cero. With uh, Ray Phoenix accompanying at ringside. Um, Omega winds up kneeing Pentagon out of a springboard into the one-winged angel for the win. And this match was just as crazy as their first one. Yes, very wild match. Very, very solid stuff. Uh, everything was really good here. Um, that being said, AEW has suffered an L. Because they pulled in 781,000 viewers. However, NXT's Halloween Havoc brought in 876,000 viewers. AEW still wins in the rating viewership, though, because they got a point thirty two in the 18 to 49 demographic versus NXT's point twenty five in the 18 to 49 demographic. So what that tells me is that more people who are nostalgic about Halloween Havoc that are 50 years old and above to tune in to nxt this week 
Because if it was anybody that was 18 to 49, that would have brought that number up. Their numbers are higher than AEW, but not in the 18 to 49 demographic. I don't think that means it would be in the 17 to one-year-old demographic. Only other thing left would be the 15 to retirement demographic, which at the end of the day doesn't help their num- their network. And in USA's eyes, even though numbers-wise AEW won this round, um, in USA's eyes, they lost because all they give a fuck about is the 18 to 49 demographic. So anyway, that's just something for you guys to keep in mind. It is now time for us to do the voting polls, guys. Oh, yeah. That's right. We're voting on the paper. Is this Saturday, right? That is correct. Okay, this Saturday, they are having the AEW Full Gear 2020 pay-per-view. I'm going to link you guys in the chat room to our voting yeah. poll for the matches. Um, I, are we doing a post show? I didn't even know until just before I got on the edit, we had a uh, thing. I think we're doing a post show, most likely. Yeah, yeah we can uh, definitely do one. Yeah, so we'll be doing a, a post show to this Saturday. Which side note with uh, the way AEW's um, they've been doing the graphics. I love the gear around the eyes and everybody's graphic. Yeah, yeah. They're doing a really, really good. cool touch. I like that they have their own unique style of things. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Hopefully there's no errors. I literally just before I almost as the music was going, I, I put this poll together just because I didn't know. I had no idea. I knew it was coming up. I had a suspicion. I should have checked. Um, but anyway. Yeah, and that was also partially on me. I should have checked myself as well. No, nah, no, nah, it's not a big deal. But anyway, I, I linked it in the chat room here. All you guys should have it. It should also be up on my screen here for you to see. So this is an AEW Full Gear. Uh, the first match is the AEW buy-in match. This is before that goes on. This will be on YouTube. This is on the kickoff. Uh, you got Orange Cassidy fighting against John Silver of the AEW Dark Order. Yeah. Of course, we're going Orange Cassidy on this one. Like, yeah, it has to be Orange Cassidy. I don't give a fuck about yeah. John Silver. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's not enough there. Yeah. And then let's see. And after uh, after the kickoff, what the first match will be. Is it, my, uh, is it my freaking dark reader? I hate to have to do this on the stream, but yeah, it's not letting my own polls not letting me select my dark reader because I have like a dark thing on. I'd be scrolling. Okay. Oh, there it is. I just couldn't see it. Gotcha. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. All right. All right. Next match we got up is the Elite Deletion. Matt Hardy against Sammy Guevara. uh, I think we've been hearing this is going to be a cinematic match to make sure nobody gets hurt. Really? We're doing more cinematic matches? That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's the full thing, but I've heard there's a possibility just because of how quick their last match ended. Doing like a safety precaution. All right. What are your thoughts? Who do you think is going over here? Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like Matt's got to go over on this one. Because okay. I think Sammy's gotten the edge on him every bit of this feud, just about. Yeah. And if it, and if and if it's a, if it wanted to be in a cinematic thing, I see the possibility of Matt pulling all uh, his other personalities into it. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, for for me, they're trying really hard with this mean Sammy Guevara. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it would just be weird that now he's mean. It's not working, but if they're not going to follow through with it. Like, I guess Hardy has to get his heat back from when he got done in at that spot, right? Yeah, that's that's the one thing with it. I feel like for the sake of how this is, how they're trying to have this end, at this point, Hardy has to get something out of this. Yeah, for sure. All right, like, so we're going to go. just get ran through like that. We're going to go on Matt Hardy. Guys in the chat room, you can tell me what you think, if you disagree, you agree with us or not. All right, next match. It's going to be the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, Hikaru Shida defending against Nyla Rose being accompanied by Vicky Guerrero. What are your thoughts? Oh, man. I mean, 
Sheeta had the perfect answer for Nyla the last time they fought. So if she keeps that same strategy, I see Sheeta. I see Sheeta retaining. Me too. I don't think that Nyla Rose really needs to be getting this title back right now. I think that's yeah. a shitty idea. So no. Um, yeah, I, she she has been running heavy with that championship and it's been fantastic. So I want to see uh, her lose it to someone with more history, maybe even a Thunder Rose or a Serena Deeb or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, we got the A and AEW TNT Championship. Cody Rhodes defending against Darby Allen. You know what? I'm going outside the box. Yeah. Darby needs this win. I don't think Darby's beaten Cody. I think that if uh, Darby goes over Cody, that that completely invalidates the AEW TNT Championship at this point because now it's just a hot potato title. Cody was the first one to have it, and oh, then he lost right. it to yeah, freaking uh, yeah. he lost it to uh, Brody Lee. Then the he Brody. won it back like two weeks later from Brody Lee. Now Darby Allen challenges and he loses it again. When you have too Ooh. many people winning the championship, after a while you're gonna have people who don't give a fuck about that championship. It's bad enough; it's not even the main world title. It's a mid card championship. You got to be really careful with those. You get too many titles, that's why people don't care about who has it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Now I think about it, considering he just got it back, maybe somewhere down the road, but yeah, yeah not yet. AEW World Tag Team Championship, FTR with Tully Blanchard defending against the Young Bucks. Oh, I, I, I gotta go Bucks. I gotta go Bucks. I, I, can't, I can't see another Cody. It's, it's because like, of that stupid speculation, or that's rather that stupid stipulation that it, it would have to be done. Because it would be so silly to have more people in the elite that can't compete for titles. Yeah, you and know? especially considering this is—it's kind of funny. Uh, like, I, I follow um, Matt Jackson on Instagram. He posted an old picture of uh, at one point when I think the Bucks had like three championships, and the caption was "Back when we used to win stuff." <laughs> <laughs> In fact, it was a throwback Thursday. But yeah, like the Bucks, the Bucks gotta get this one. Yeah. They gotta get something. Like these guys have been overdue for a tag title tag title run. I don't want any more of this not allowed to compete for title shit. So yeah, just to get that stipulation out of there. Chris Jericho versus MJF. If MJF wins, he is allowed to join the inner circle. Whew. I just thought of something. What? What if MJF wins, but then declines the invite to start a feud that seems like something mjf would did like he like almost putting it as i'm too good to join like, i'm too good to join the inner circle i kind of feel like it'll be one of those things where mjf wins but it's going to be because of some cheating shit that he does and then after the match jericho's going to be like you know something that was backhanded it was underhanded it was sneaky it was perfect you're in the inner circle buddy and then they're gonna <laughs> oh, yeah, that's gonna be it yeah it's gonna be one of those kind of deals i think that's 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 the bullshit they're gonna do with that match so i'm going i'm going with mjf going over here <laughs> that's what i'm looking forward to at least okay got the aw oh go ahead i was gonna say i feel like either of those outcomes will be fantastic yeah it'll be fine you got the aw world championship eliminator tournament finals the winner of this match gets a title shot so it's kenny omega against his former tag team partner hangman adam page well considering that uh the whole falling apart of that team basically gave us the cleaner back yeah. i'm am going for the best bout machine it's a shame because uh, Hangman Page has a lot of momentum going right now, too. But Omega, this will be a good time for a full heel turn. Like, he's already being yeah. a dick. Turn back into the what, cleaner. Win this match in a shitty what, way. What makes this one hard is you can justify either win, either guy winning. Because Hangman competed in the first AEW World Championship match when Jericho won. But Kenny's kind of got that old viciousness back to him. 
And that's the same viciousness that brought him the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. But I don't know. I feel like the fact that it's such a fresh thing with like we're basically getting the cleaner back. I feel like I had to go Omega. Go Omega. I'm going. And then on maybe that one. maybe he gets the championship, and then it, they somehow wind up coming back together and feuding for the title. Yeah. Okay. Finally, we get the main event: the AEW World Championship I Quit match. John Moxley defending his title, the AEW World Championship, against Eddie Kingston. Oh, this wasn't going to be violent. I I'm more curious as to how he does it, but yeah, Eddie's saying I quit on this one. Like, there's no way Moxley's losing this. Yeah, this would be a kick in the ass for for to be Kingston of all people. Wait it goes over. What? Wait a minute. It just if these last two predictions come true, dear God, we're gonna get Omega and Moxley again. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Hopefully, they do right by it this time. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going with John Moxley as the obvious choice there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so you got your choices there. If you're listening to this on iTunes or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or something on demand, just go to TalkBrunch.com and click the link at the top. Put your votes in. Your votes do matter. It helps us get a sense of where the community is. And uh, we'll be live in the chat room during the uh, buy-in all throughout the night into the pay-per-view. And then we will follow it up with a post-show. So that hit that submit button. And that'll wrap you up and it'll fix you off right there at mine. Remember, top of talkbrunch.com if you guys need to get in there. Okay, so that order of business is out of the way. We got our votes in. Uh, we can wrap things up here with uh, just talking about some of the real quick because we have a few more weeks. I know I'm behind on the G1, but just real quick, I'm going to do some G1 updates. Um, I'm going to cover just a couple of nights you have anything to yeah. say, I'm just really reading results here and just a few opinions. But if you have anything to run, go right ahead. Um, we're doing G1 Climax Night 13 Block A, which uh, has Tor- Tomohiro Ishii against Jeff Cobb. Finish being uh, uh, the pop-up powerbomb and the tour of the islands from Jeff Cobb going over. Yeah, this was smash mouth as everybody expected it to be. Yes, that fall-away slam that Cobb hit Ishii with where he launched him, I thought that was really solid. The brutal headbutt. I didn't think he'd throw Ishii so far. You know, the striking in this very solid stuff. Uh, both guys looking good. Everyone's showing fatigue now going into this uh, this 13th night of the tournament. So uh, you start to see a lot of that here. Uh, next we have Yujiro Takahashi against Jay White being accompanied by Ghetto with the finish being Ghetto assists Jay White going over Blade Runner. But The story of this match early on was a... Uh... Jay White did not come out in his ring gear at all because his yeah, original he, expectation was that Takahashi was going to lay down. Yeah, because he comes on his street clothes, no wrestling gear for the match. Um, and I'm thinking more Bullet Club on Bullet Club action, but then Yujiro lays down and Jay, for Jay White, but Jay White kept sort of teasing him and he was like letting off at the two count and stuff. So finally, when he is going to pin Yujiro, Yujiro winds up kicking out. And then um, Jay White's trying to cover him. He winds up kicking out. This leads into an actual fight. And this actually made me more invested in the match because I could give a shit about anyone in the Bullet Club right now, but these two guys having that kind of heat with each other made it interesting. Where even after the match, Jay White had to be held back by Ghetto from killing Yujiro with the chair. And uh, you hear Ghetto going, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> yeah, and truth be told, Yujiro's the only one I really care about because he's the last one, with the exception of G.O.D., of the old Bullet Club. Yeah, exactly. This, this was literally the case of the old Bullet Club being the new. Mm-hmm. Next, we get Tai Chi versus Will Ospreay with the finish being the Hidden Blade. You mentioned Destin a while ago that that wasn't something he's been nailing. Well, here it is. He nails the Hidden Blade into the Stormbreaker for the win. That is a horrifying finisher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For for those who don't know, uh, the Hidden Blade is basically catches you in a kneeling position and throws the most vicious 
malice filled back elbow to the back of the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sound is horrific. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Old head tech. Thank you for the follow, sir. Welcome to our chat room. We talk a lot. Appreciate of, you. Talk a lot of shit in here. Oh, lot. Uh, all right. Where were we here? Yeah, um, we have, uh, up next, Kota Ibushi versus Minoru Suzuki. Yes, with the finish being Kamagoya. He Kamagoyed him into a smile. I've never seen anything like this before. He Kamagoyed him in the face so hard that he was unconscious smiling. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. This this match had a lot of interesting moments and a lot of great storytelling. At one point, Minoru Suzuki is standing at the top of the ramp and he goes, Koi, Koi, Ibushi, which he's basically telling him, come, come, you know, in Japanese. Um, the cool forearm battle on the ramp, brutal slap contest, worst I've seen since Tifa and Scarlet. Some of you will get that joke, some of you won't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, th- this was brutal. And funny thing is, when I saw that smile because... uh. I, I, I thought of it as like Suzuki's at the point where he's just having fun. Yeah, he was enjoying like the, he, the, the he brutality of the match. He enjoyed that beating. Yeah. Uh, Shingo Takagi versus Katsuchika Okada with the finish being Okada goes over with the money clip. Uh, Shingo had a nice pop-up Death Valley driver. I thought that looked really good. And Shingo himself hits Okada's own Rainmaker. He's like, fuck it. If Okada doesn't want to use it, then I'll use it. So he uses it. As you mentioned, Okada's been resorting to the money clip instead of the Rainmaker. So having his opponent use his own move in a mockery was an interesting little aspect of that match. Good stuff. Any other thoughts yeah, on this? At one, point, um, at one point, Okada actually does hit a spinning Rainmaker. Yes, he does. So Very he nasty. Starts to kind of, he starts to loosen up on that just a little bit. Now, like, like, still, this this is the kind of point when I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago the strategy changing. It's not that it's not there. He's still using it, and he made sure to send not a me- not just a message to Shingo, but to the rest of the G one. It's still there. Yeah, exactly. So this brings us to the G one climax night fourteen block B. Zack Saber Junior opens the show facing Yoshihashi with the finish being Zack Saber tapping Yoshi. I don't even know what this hold was. Was it like a hoverboard lock? Um, fingers were, he, he had his arms locked behind his back and, uh. It was some kind of like pretzel from, it was, I, it was weird. Yeah. You, yeah. you know what it was? It, it looked like some, it looked like he basically wrapped both of his, uh, arms up in his legs and pretty much bent them all the way back. Old old head tech in the chat room says he's liking New Japan Pro Wrestling and what they have going on right now. Yeah, me too, man. It's a breath of fresh air. Oh, they've from, been from great. Raw SmackDown have been a nightmare. Like Raw SmackDown have been like taking bitter medicine every single week. Um, next to stuff in Japan, so very cool. Uh, what else do we got? We got Kenta who had a match against Toru Yano. I was disappointed. I'm. I mean, I guess I'm now burnt out on the joke because Kenta winds up um basically taping Yano using all the tape. He has all the stolen tape and he just fucking scotch tapes him to the top of the ramp. And then he runs back and slides into the ring and the ref counts him up because he can't untape himself in time to get in the ring. Look, I get this whole joke. Ha ha. They keep scotch taping each other. So they get counted out. But could we stop? It it was at this point where I realized like, yeah, Ron Yano's run out of ideas. Is Yano still in the tournament at this point? I don't even know. Like, does Um, does he have enough points where he's like, they they didn't really talk about Mm -hmm. at this point. He's still alive. All right, fair enough. Say no more. Sonata versus Juice Robinson with Sonata going over with the moonsault. Juice Robinson's momentum slowly coming to a halt here. Yeah, so some of the guys at this point who had had kind of hot starts in G1, that grind is starting to get to them and starting to really suffer. Yeah. Tanahashi against Hiroki Goto with Goto 
GTR on Tanahashi. Yeah, once again, another long, long fight with uh, Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. And then the main event being Tatsuya Naito versus Evil, with the finish being Evil, countering the Destino into everything is Evil, with a lot of Bullet Club help here. It was practically a two-on-one. Yeah, that, that's kind of been the story of uh, Evil's G1. Yeah. And uh, I know Rocky's commented on n- numerous times. It's weird that he's relied so much on, on Dick Togo now. Yeah, it is really weird. Really annoying. But uh, that is your G1 results. We'll go over the rest of them next week. I know I'm behind, guys. This shit is hard. There's a lot of it. It's like almost yeah. every day they you get stacked up. And I'll catch up, and then we'll go back to the Ring of Honor Pure Tournament as well. I haven't forgotten about that either. Trying to catch up on everything. It's not really that easy. Um, exactly. But we got the the voting results. Don't forget this Saturday chat room. Yeah. We're going to be doing the pay-per-view. Last things before we wrap up here are just the SmackDown. God help us. I hate to bring everybody down, but you got to oh. talk about SmackDown and Raw. Yeah, I was going to say, um, uh, if we have a quick second, there was one thing I could briefly just uh, break into. Um, I think I mentioned to you off the air if we have a little bit of time. Oh, sure. Whatever you want. Um, yeah, basically, uh, this past uh, NXT UK that I mentioned. Um, the main thing with the main event, but just brief things, uh, Jordan Devlin returned. Interestingly enough, they actually announced him as the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Um, they announced they announced a match next week. It's going to be Sam Gradwell and Pretty Pretty Deadly versus a fully reunited Gallus. Joe Coffey returns next week. But uh, the biggest thing is that the main event of the evening, it was Ela Dragunov versus Walter. After probably the better part of a half hour, maybe 45 minutes, Walter chokes Ela unconscious. Basically, they almost considered a referee stoppage. Do yourself a favor if you're a wrestling fan. Watch this match. This was the most brutal, physical, smash mouth thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the story of the match wound up being the fact that everything Walter did, Ela responded. He forced himself to respond to the point where they were chopping each other, hitting each other. Ela was bloodied from the mouth suplexes chops i think walter hit all of his finishers um the final sequence of the match being because uh elit suffered a neck injury early on walter sleeper suplexed him on the outside and you could see a little moment where it looked like elo was trying to get his body to respond but it wouldn't go so um walter eventually choked um dragon off out and literally it was probably one of the most amazing matches i've ever seen watch this match do yourself a favor everybody from trip age some of the people in nxt uk they were saying this was one of the this was a takeover level main event but yeah i recommend to everyone exactly what he said i don't even watch nxt uk that often but i would say that this is something that's worth investing into uh you know i wish there was time for all of this stuff you know there's just so much of it Um, the only other thing which we were supposed to mention, I'm only mentioning it briefly because, again, we want to wrap up here is that we had a ufc fight night this past saturday was anderson silva's last fight uh he went up against uh, uriah hall which you all got a uh, a counter right hand at about a minute 45 in the fourth round. Yeah. And the Anderson Silva that we're seeing now is not the Anderson Silva that I know. Like I see, I see a competent, capable fighter, but I don't see Anderson Silva there. I feel like even the Adesanya win and now, and now the, uh, now the Hall win, they're both when he's no longer in the prime of his career, it's unfortunate and it's disappointing. Um, yeah. Anderson Silva, I listened to several interviews with him. It sounds to me, and he's been very careful with his words. He says that he's never going to fight in the UFC again. He didn't say he's never going to fight again. And then when the interviewers pressed him on it, he didn't say it was his last fight. He said it was his last fight in the UFC. And keep in mind that Dana, who's very fond of Anderson Silva, according to Dana's own words, he doesn't think that at his age, 47 years old, Anderson Silva should be fighting anymore. And having seen what happened to him in this last fight, he felt guilty for giving him this fight. 
So essentially what's happening now is it sounds to me like Silva, who's still under a two-fight contract in the UFC, by the way, may be given some leeway by Dana to be cut loose from that and might show up somewhere like Bellator or uh, I don't even know where else he would at this point. But that seems to be what... There's other places he could go, yes. There's other places, but that's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem like he's done with fighting. It seems like Dana doesn't want to give him any more fights, but he might not be done, which is something that a lot of these fighters go through. And I notice it's a popular thing that the older fighters, over-the-hill fighters, no disrespect, man, they wind up at Bellator. Yeah, you know, the young, went to Bellator. The young Rampage hungry fighters are, are in the spotlight in the UFC. You know, it's the greatest spotlight of all. You have to say that is the, the pinnacle of mixed martial arts. Once you hit like 49, 50 and you're kind of oldish, you go to Bellator. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I mean, the thing about it is like you make a great point there because Anderson said before it's not that he feels like he has to fight. It, just, it makes him happy. It gives him kind of almost a sense of peace. But yeah, like. The Spider, who was undefeated for 16 championship fights over a seven-year period, that guy's gone. That guy's long gone, but it's it's only it, it's telling to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, it really is. In your opinion, do you think that somebody like Anderson Silva at his age, even in another organization, should fight? Or do you see that as somebody who at this point should be hanging it up? Anderson definitely has, because this is from coming from somebody who wa- I watched his very first fight in the UFC, and I've seen some of the stuff he did in Pride. Anderson has reached a point where he could have hung it up two or three fights ago. Right. And it's not, and it's not just the fact that he's not the fighter he used to be. He has had a once-in-a-lifetime career. I mean, I remember watching this guy in 2006 show up at a UFC fight night, and I watched who I was a big Chris Lieben fan at the time. Watch him cut through Lieberman in 20-something seconds and then go on this path of destruction through virtually the whole middleweight division. He went up to light heavyweight twice, fought, and won. And it was to the point where Anderson's title run got so got so deep to where it wasn't even, is Anderson going to win? It's how is he going to do it? Yeah. That fire, unfortunately, is long gone. But, I mean, Anderson's at the point where he could hang it up. And then it because at the end of the day, no matter when he does at this point, surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. But I, can't I think, yeah, I, I think it's definitely it, it's time for the spider to hang it up. Old head tech read my mind, man. I don't want him to look like Chuck Liddell or or, or BJ Penn or any of these other guys who yes, they're older and now they're getting exactly. their asses kicked. You're too old, man. Do commercials and do I, movies, be on the fucking Expendables. But, you know, I don't want to <laughs> see like my heroes not at 47 years old showing up on papers and getting their fucking faces punched in like this. You know, I get it. That's what you've done your whole life. But now these younger guys are coming in. They're going to steamroll over you. I had to watch Ronda Rousey, who honestly, I popped for Ronda Rousey. I'm not an emotional guy. I'm so grateful to have lived through every one of Ronda Rousey's fights. I was the dude who exploded out of my seat when she would lay a bitch out. You know, I had to watch her get laid out. Your time comes and goes. You got to know when it's over. And the funny thing about it is with Ronda... It's not even that her time had gone. Her time it's just had that gone. every. It's just that the female division, such as Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes punches like a like an X Men. You know what I mean? That's like the problem. Amanda Nunes punched Misha Tate so hard she was like, you know what? I don't think I want to do this anymore. Yeah, it's like that. There's, a, there's an evolution to fighters and stuff. But I mean, in yeah. the case of the older guys like this, like Silva, man, I ha- he hasn't looked like the same Silva honestly ever since the uh, the the. the Weidman, the destruction, the Weidman rematch, the, the the check kick. Ever since that destruction, like sure, I think the first time was a fluke. I've always said that. You guys know I said on the post show on here that that first time with the head bomb when he got knocked out, that was a fluke. But that fucking kick check, which which uh Weidman's corner called the destruction, he was never the same after that. He never recovered fully. He just never looked like the same Anderson Silva, you know. So it's, yeah, it's sad, but 
And like, when it comes to like him losing, he hasn't reached BJ's level yet, thank God. But he oh. definitely needs to stop before he gets to BJ's level. For sure. All right, guys, we got to wrap up now with, uh, even though we're just about to, we got to wrap up with just quick Raw and SmackDown results. Um, just some bullet points, not going to talk about everything. I will say Roman Reigns. This is the best Roman Reigns I have ever seen. I never thought we would live in a world where a few years ago everybody hated Roman Reigns and everything about Roman Reigns and you thought he was burning yeah, the, the best thing going. If it wasn't for Roman Reigns, no one would give a single shit about the WWE right now. You know, and finally, the genetics of this man being The Rock's cousin are manifesting themselves and he is the most interesting thing in the company. And I have to say, him being a heel has really brought out the emotions in him. The things that he says and the things that he does, it's really cool. I think he comes off as a real badass. And it's funny to see somebody like Jay so intimidated by his older cousin. Um, I'm going to play a little clip here of the opening where Roman Reigns uh, talks to Jay Uso. I thought this was awesome. Get this up here. I'm so happy. You did not beat me. You know me, Oops. You know I wasn't gonna say I quit. I don't give a damn how hard you beat me. You won't get down like that. It's too much, Oops. You ain't that type of person. You understand me? You ain't beat me. You can make all the excuses you want. You can feel any type of way you want. What I tell you, what I say. That's going to make you quit. And what you do, you quit. Take the oath. Accept the membership. And fall in line. That's a snake move. That's a snake move you did. Just like we were kids. Just like we were kids. Always one up in me. You think you tougher than me, Oz? No, I cannot get down with you. I do not respect you. This title got you tripping, Oz. No, you. I like the emotion. the only feud, person right? in the world that it's I the only emotional feud left in the whole company. You know what you was doing. You know exactly what you was doing. I think at this point was the first time he actually looked Roman in the eyes. Yeah. Of course I did. I love How that part. You? That's my favorite part where he's like, of course I did. What are you going to awesome. do? Huh? I hate you! Why you got to do me like that? Oh, good. I hate you, man! That's some raw emotion right there, boy. By the end of the night, you will fall in line. Roman comes off as a badass as a heel, man. Exactly. King Quest, you gotta understand the reason he says Oos is like that's like a family thing. Yeah. So that's like how, that's Oose, basically how they acknowledge relatives. Oos means brother. Yeah. But, um, which you know they're both they're all in the rocks family which that's the speculation going around that essentially what's happening is roman saying that he's the, he, the the head of the family he's kicking jay's ass making jay cry he's kicking jimmy's ass this will lead into the rock coming back to wrestling for a match against roman reigns so it'll be like the the basically the annoy family fighting against each other now the question about yeah. it is with the rocks busy hollywood schedule if they can pencil it in but that's the rumor going around the what they're leading to with this storyline yeah, but see, like, uh, like, like, um, old head tech said, I think the same thing. I didn't really realize it until, um, 
watching that clip, about a good 90% of that promo, Jay did not look Roman in the eyes. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. kind of like, even when he was just saying, I hate you, he was in his face, but he was looking down. Yeah. We had Owens versus Ziggler. Uh, this was actually good stuff just because both of these guys know how to work. The way that Owens hit that middle rope, he recalls off of it. Um, back up into a clothesline. Uh, I thought that looks like really solid, very unique stuff. The pop-up powerbomb countered into the the um, the famous sir. Yeah, thank you for helping me with the famous sir. They did the WrestleMania 14 ending. For anyone who doesn't know what that you is, very familiar. Mouth. You know, Owens catches Ziggler super kick and he spins him around, kicks him in the midsection, and then brings him down with a stunner. That's literally Shawn Michaels' stone cold WrestleMania 14, 1998. So I thought it was funny to see them pay homage to that finish on SmackDown. Really good stuff. You always can get. That's the kind of Easter eggs that you get when you have people like Owens and Ziggler in the ring together. Uh, I thought that was very solid. Uh, Lars Sullivan. Oh, you had anything to say about the Owens Ziggler? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was saying, yeah, it was a great match. You read my mind because I was like, wait a minute, that was the Mania finished. But yeah, awesome, awesome job. Lars Sullivan, when this man showed up and did an interview, my thoughts were, where did SmackDown go? He kind of sounds like Mr. Mackey from South Park. Doesn't Mr. Mackey? And uh, this freak thing is very uncomfortable with him saying, you know, Oh, people keep calling me a freak. I'm tired of being called a freak. And I know, listen, we're not supposed to talk about the storylines and the kayfabe of things. But the fact that the last thing that happened to this guy before he left was they found him in male, male adult films. That's the nicest way I could buy. And now he comes back and he keeps talking about being a freak. It's just unfucking comfortable. That's the best way that I could put it. All right. That was my exact thought. And he's talking from? about how when he was a kid, everyone called him freak show, freak show. Everyone look at the freak show. And then he would cry. But then afterwards, uh, he would make them cry. It was a really fucking creepy promo. And if that's what they're going for, then congratulations. Because that's exactly what it was. It was a fucking creepy, unusual, and awkward promo. You know? And uh, I don't know. It was just kind of weird. You know, you didn't feel uncomfortable with that guy? I felt I felt uncomfortable since he's come back. He's a little bit, uh, like I said, I just I just didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And his his, his appearance, the whole, the whole look of him and everything. Like, And I'm hearing Vince, this is his next big guy. If he's hiring this, you guys are going to have to watch SmackDown by your damn selves. I don't want to have to watch Lars Sullivan every single week. Here comes Mitch. Like I said, he's big and don't call him that. Don't, you know what? Write that down. But don't call him that ever again. <laughs> Write it down, wait, wait, but don't call me. Write down, here comes Mitch. Yep. <laughs> and just for the record, I won't promise anything. <laughs> I'm not going to play the whole thing, guys, but for anyone that didn't, I'm going to give you just a little taste of how this dude sounded on SmackDown. His his voice is not something that uh, is going to work in the WWE universe. Like, listen to this guy. He's awkward, man. He's I awkward. still remember the first time I was called a freak. I was nine or ten years old. He sounds like he's running for state. I was new at this particular school. It was at the playground. These two brothers. Looks like a stalker. Tracy brothers. They uh, they were dancing. They were singing. He is creepy. If that's what they're going for. Freak show. Freak show. Everyone look at the freak show. No one helped me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do at all. So you know what I did? What? I cried. Stop it! I don't need to hear the whole interview. Then, then uh, 
Then he talks about how he made them cry or some shit. It gets creepy. It sounds like he killed them. Like he, he said that, that, that their crying went on for hours afterwards. So he was a creepy little and kid. Was a serial killer guy. Then the crying just stopped. This is the guy that they want to push, you know, to give you nightmares and shit. Anyway, there you go. Lars Sullivan. Very uncomfortable. He's awkward. He's creepy. Oh my God. King Quest is like, this is like that Lashley sister interview. Oh my God. You remember oh. that? And you get Aaliyah, Rey Mysterio's daughter, Aaliyah, who is now in love with Murphy. Yes, Mur- Murphy's about to get hit with the 619, and 19-year-old Aaliyah jumps in the ring, gets in front of Mysterio, and is like, Daddy, I love him. Now, look, I get that they had a romance thing going on, but how the fuck did you fall in love with him? Between the segments that I saw, or were you guys seeing each other outside? There wasn't enough going on there to fall in love already. It, it had to have been, like, like I, if I'm looking at it from maybe, like, a storyline sense because the fact that like Ray's whole family's basically been traveling together. At some point, those two have crossed paths. And now Murphy yeah. pulling Dominic off Seth, and now it's Murphy going after Rollins in great strikes again. But yeah, Murphy came out here to apologize, but Ray Mysterio and his son got into it with Murphy, and, and, and they wind up coming to blows. And poor Leah Mysterio doesn't know what the fuck to do. She has to choose between her lover and her brother, and then to make matters worse, her dad's coming out. And let's turn it down a little bit so we can just have a look here. So then this is when Murphy winds up getting into it with Ray Mysterio, and Leah's on the outside. And uh, it's literally the same raw angle happening, but they're trying to, I guess, redeem Murphy, which doesn't happen here. Because he, she jumps in the way, and uh, Ray's like, "What are you doing?" And uh, this is when she admits to him. She's like, "I love him," which, by the way, a lot of people got offended in the in the world about the fact that they're doing a storyline where thirty four year old Murphy is having a love affair with nineteen year old Aaliyah Mysterio. Listen. Stop. First of all, it's fiction. Number two, stop being so... There's, there's worse shit to worry about in the world. And I mean, the relationships like that do happen. Grow up. She's she's of legal age. And uh, whatever. She's not a child. Yeah. Enough of the complaining all the fucking time, everybody. And third of all, common sense would tell you Ray would have to be okay with it to happen. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, uh, Sasha Banks, what does she do in the SmackDown? She basically is celebrating um, her championship win. She comes out with the same chair that uh, Bailey been using all this time. Uh, Bailey actually comes out and points out what we all know, that Sasha can win championships, but she has not had the best history of defending them and pretty much challenges her to a match, which is going to be this coming Friday for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So Sasha has a chance to get a second monkey off her back. Sasha, congratulations. We spoke on Friday, and you were really confident going into this match. What are you feeling right now? (sighs) Like I said on Friday, I came, I saw, and tonight I conquered. I defeated the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion in history, my former best friend, Bailey. Now, Bailey was an incredible champion. She was the longest reigning. She was a Grand Slam, the first ever Grand Slam Women's Champion. But tonight, I just proved once again why I am the boss and why I am Sasha Banks. (laughs) So I feel really, really happy. And I'm so excited to be the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Because just like you know, the draft was a couple weeks ago. We have a bunch of new, incredible female talent. And I cannot wait 
to go up and down that ring with Bianca, with Liv, Ruby Riot, Natalia, Zelina, Billy Kate. I mean the whole roster. SmackDown is the land of opportunity and I am the leader. So I'm about to lead the SmackDown women's division into the land of the boss. I like that. Sasha Banks now with the women's championship. Completing her Grand Slam because she had never won the, uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship before. Yeah, well, she was she spent a good majority of her career on Raw, so yeah, good for her. That's yeah. a new milestone for the boss. There you go. Uh, and then finally, Jay Uso, who starts off the show face to face with his cousin Roman, is now having a match uh, against Daniel Bryan. Yeah, for a spot on, on SmackDown Survivor Series team. Yeah. And uh, this is where I think a predictable swerve happens. I put that link because I wasn't sure if I put it the first time. Um, Jey Uso winds up having a heel turn and he declares his allegiance to Roman Reigns. Yeah. So, um, well, he actually goes over clean over Daniel Bryan. He goes clean over Daniel career. Bryan. They're definitely pushing this guy. But then uh, after that, he goes nuts. This was a nasty bump also. your question in the chat room old head tech um i saw it on the dirt sheets but i haven't heard booker t's statement yet in its entirety um so i'll tell you what i don't have time this week but next week i'm gonna actually play it and then i'll give you my opinion on the air okay yeah so come back next week and then we got you on that one okay um okay uh the one thing they didn't show you was that this ass whipping stood it continued after smackdown went off of the air so there's actually some of that for me to show you where uh, he continues to pledge his allegiance to Ro- Roman Reigns. Let's try to jump ahead a little bit in this clip. If we already know what's going to happen, he's going to come back. Oh, see, there we go. The old flipping. Let's just bump it back a little bit here. The old flipping. Flipping the stretcher gimmick. What I like about this is that it wasn't so instant. Like, like, he actually had to legit like fight through everybody to get to. Yeah, yeah. It took a while for him to get there. You see this usually, and there's just poof there. Like, like he made a few attempts to get to him before. Yeah. 
but yeah, they definitely did a little bit more exclusive stuff here. Which, yeah, I guess there's going to be a feud with these guys or something. He could feud with him and be part of the Roman team. We'll see exactly where the hell this leads. to stop him another one of these all the king's horses and all the king's men sequences did hit him with another super flash splash this one probably won't hurt anyone near back boom nailed it that was a Tamina-esque one ah uh, you beat me to it <laughs> Get that, get that shit right, man. You're representing the, the, the family now. Get going. Uh, well, you guys got the general idea of what happened there. Fuck him. Yeah, pretty much. And so now uh, SmackDown Survivor Series is Kevin Owens and Jay Uso up to this point. So they still got three more spots to fill. I drop a couple of these things in the chat room and on our social media. That way I don't forget. Kind of forget if they are. I'll forget to drop somebody's here. There you go. Because I know a lot of all right, majority audience is still on the podcast. I haven't forgotten you guys. I know you get to know when they just hear audio that they can't put sound to. But yeah, so what do you think about that and the way that it went and Jay Uso now being a heel? Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting when I, because well, remember, like, the, the first encounter was at the beginning of the night. This happened at the end. It seemed like by the time their matches started up, Jay almost accepted the fact that, like, there's really, he didn't have any other option. He could either take these beatings or he could look out for his kids, pretty much. So it seemed like he almost had gone through a bunch of soul searching throughout the night. And either during the match or before the match, it pretty much came to that conclusion. Like, this is what I got to do. Yeah, it's about the only real thing I could think of. Just, yeah, he's taking two vicious beatings from Roman. So it's like, do you keep taking these ass weapons? Because, I mean, it's easy to say I want to go quit. But when the lights are out, when the lights are on and nobody's home, it's a much, much different ballgame. At that point, you have to look out for your health. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But, uh. I wonder what happens when Jimmy comes back into play. Is he going to be part of it or what exactly is going to happen next? Yeah, that's going to be the intriguing part because Jimmy's been on the receiving end in, in that cell. So like, it, I feel like it's going to come down to something where Jay's going to probably be the one to make him understand like we could fall in line or yeah. you could get choked out again. And then I can't save you the next time. SmackDown did 2.133 million viewers and a .6 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, which was up from when they were on Fox Sports 1 the previous week. Which, that previous week they got beat by AEW, that's how bad they did. Alright, well, that brings us to Raw, which last week brought in a 3-hour average of 1.732 million viewers, um, which was a drop because they had 1.777 million viewers the previous week, so they dropped only like, you know, like 40, 50 viewers. Uh, 
so what they didn't show you when they weren't off the air last week, remember we kind of joked about how the, once again this was an abrupt ending between Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. It was only abrupt in the United States. Apparently in Canada they had an overrun, and in that overrun there was a conclusion, or at least there was a follow-up to what happened with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, which I'm going to run here now. He's attacking him. He has him on the announce table. And apparently he takes a pen and he stabs him in the eye. Is what they do here. He's stabbing Randy Orton in the eye with a pen. This was only shown in the Canadian version of Raw. Like I said, ours went off the air while they were still battling with each other. So they did this eye storyline, which I don't think they even addressed tonight, right? They didn't. It's like it never. So it's not even canon. It wasn't even canon to the uh, to the actual thing. That was just something for the live people for whatever reason. I don't know what they think anymore when they do shit like this. But this 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 upcoming Raw, Randy Orton shows up. He's a matter of fact. He's the first person to show up on this Raw, and he mentions nothing of this eye poke that was only seen on Canadian television. Instead, he goes on to rename himself from Legend Killer to Legend, and he refutes all of the rumors that over the years his lineage has made him entitled or Triple H has been keeping him protected. Uh, this becomes an awkward. Segment because Alexa Bliss shows up and then the Fiend music hits, which gives Orton the indication that the Fiend's going to be showing up, but it's not the Fiend. Drew McIntyre instead shows up during this distraction, nailing the Claymore. And then you have Randy Orton laid out, and Miz shows up with the Money in the Bank contract with Morrison, and he's going to cash in the contract, but Drew fucks it up. He comes in and he DDTs them, and he says, The only one who's going to win that title back is him. So, uh, yeah, there you go. There's a first chaotic segment of SmackDown. They have every fucking thing going on at the same time. This has been a new uh, thing that they do. I don't know if I hate it, and I don't know if I like it or yeah. not. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I um, do know that it's just there. Mm-hmm. I, I think regarding this whole thing, from what I've been hearing, it looks like they're definitely going, obviously, with a three-way feud. But it's, I guess it's to keep Drew in the mix without having him constantly losing one-on-one. Right, right. And now we have the new Let Us End t-shirt that has Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt there available at WWEshop.com for those of you interested in that kind of swag. Which, yeah, um, they, they got to change Bliss's music. They got to do something. But mm-hmm. I do love uh, I do love her gloves because it kind of sits with the same uh, theme of the, of the Fiend where the Fiends say hurt and heal. Hers yeah. say play and pain. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, Jeff Hardy versus Elias with a guitar and a pole match. This goes to show they're running out of ideas. Jeff goes over Elias. He takes a, Elias winds up taking a stiff hit with the guitar, and it's bad enough that, uh, Jeff has to immediately check on Elias. Like, I think that Jeff hurt his hands too because of the recoil of the guitar not breaking. So I don't know if they used, like, a shitty guitar or exactly what happened here, but, uh, you know, that didn't work out however they intended it to. Uh, after that, we had Lashley against R-Truth, with R-Truth getting... First, he tries to trick Lashley into laying down. This becomes similar to the New Japan thing, but he winds up kicking him, and then uh, this ends in a quick squash match with a spear into the full Nelson tap-out. Uh, and then Gulak takes advantage. He tries to come in, but Lashley, upon sliding in, winds up killing him with the uh, full Nelson. But then he predictably takes uh, Gulak's body, putting it on top of R-Truth for the uh, three-count with Gulak becoming the new 24-7 champ. Then there's this awkward moment afterwards where Lashley comes back in to the ring, but he just gets his music and it was just like okay we just wanted to change the music and then we end the segment uh firefly funhouse you have uh, alexa bliss now part of the f- funhouse and uh you know they're doing the funhouse antics and stuff at the the, the the abigail doll is swearing and shit and then alexa bliss has a long tongue for some reason that makes bray go oh shit we're even bray scared um so they're just they just doing creepy things there <laughs> yeah and they have a swear jar which apparently there's a lot of swearing that happens when we don't see them because it's full of a lot of money already so i like the little implications there 
Uh, Retribution takes out Ricochet, uh, who had a match against Tucker, which I didn't even realize I that was Tucker. Real- yeah, you I see, we both said the same how- thing, right? What happened? How come that was Tucker and he didn't look anything like him? Yo, do you know how next level of a jobber you have to be to when they repackage you? I don't even know it's you. I didn't even know it was him. I didn't even know it was Tucker. But uh, nonetheless, that was him. Retribution shows up there. They wind up taking a mom Mustafa Ali as well. Uh, main event, no one wants to see a fucking handicap match. But for some reason, we get Randy Orton. Uh, we'll never get Drew, we'll, we get Drew McIntyre against the, the, the Miz the Miz and Morrison. And uh, obviously, Drew goes over. But then Randy Orton hits him with the RKO out of nowhere that he essentially Babe Ruth calls in the middle of the show anywhere. And then after he hits him with the RKO, we go off the air with Orton standing tall with the Fiend's laughter. Sending us home. Thoughts? Yeah, it, 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 it was a raw. Yeah. It was a raw. It was a raw. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. I don't know if you uh, if you survived all of that, but that was the review of everything that has happened this week. Again, sorry, we're still a little behind on the New Japan, and there's been no RH peer coverage for a couple of weeks. We're going to be correcting that. There's just so much shit, you know. And don't forget, again, Saturday. This Saturday, we'll be in the chat room during the uh, during the uh freaking buy-in of the AEW Full Gear 2020 as well as during the actual pay-per-view. All right. Well, we're good here, right? We have to be good here at this point. Oh, yeah. We are great. All right. That being said, thank you to everyone who has hung out with us for this entire evening. Again, pay-per-view this Saturday. I know it's hard to remember because you're not used to Saturday pay-per-views, but be there for it. We'll have the post show up. All you guys in the chat room, Stasis Dreams, EB Gamer, Willie V2, Sayaman Senpai, thank you for the host, sir. King Quest, George with a Z, Pixie Starlet, thank you for the host, babe. Really good. Bloodluster, Need Him, Princess League, Weekly Planet, aka Ashley, thanks for showing up. Sir Kayfabe, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the team. Old Tech Head, thanks for participating, man. Good talking with y'all. Have your question answered next week. Um, Nix Zen Zemirs Is that how you pronounce that last name? And of course all of you listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud TalkBrunch.com, Twitch.tv slash TalkBrunch Facebook.com slash TalkBrunch iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict All of the wonderful places Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 418, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, for myself and my co-host, Destin Soulglow Frazier We're out of here Just remember Simpsons did it. Shut it down.